welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode number 140. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also give us a listen on Spotify, YouTube, as well as Google Play. Heat us up on the Dojo Talk Podcast social media pages, which could be, ah, which are <laughs> on Facebook, as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And as always, I'm joined with my co host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. How you doing, bro? Pretty good, pretty good. It's um it's officially summer. Um like it's been hot lately. Like like hot. Yeah, it was ninety it was like ninety five the other day. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is great. Yeah, some summer's uh summer's here. Like we've we've had <clears> a stretch, I think, of the last four to five where it's been over ninety and that's about to continue. Well tomorrow's gonna be eighty five, but then it looks like it's gonna be ninety for pretty much the rest of the week, so Oh wait, wait, wait! I just remember something. I need I need everybody's thoughts and prayers to be with me this week. No. Uh-huh. So I volunteered to work on the Fourth of July. It, it, it was some long convoluted thing where I'm like I'm about to upset my boss, so let me just volunteer for to work the one day and nobody wants to work. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's still a five day work week for me anyway, so what the hell? But then I found out it was going to be twelve hours long. I was like, ooh, ooh. Oh, is it like time and a half? Uh, no, it's it's comp. Mm. Yeah, so I, which I'm fine with. I don't care. I, I I get, I get my like paycheck either way. Like I get full time. Like I get like, no, but um, like it's also it's also supposed to thunderstorm that day. <laughs> so if it rains, I either get to leave early. Or I don't have to go at all, and I still get to look good because I volunteered. So thoughts hey. and prayers. So you need you need the rain. Let, I, I'm sorry if you were looking forward to fireworks in northern New Jersey, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's rained like like the last like three or four Fourth of Julys here. So I might be good, but that also might be me jinxing myself. So she was just it monsooned here last night for a good. It was only about ten to fifteen minutes, but it was pouring. So I don't know. You might you might get that. So they were supposed to thunderstorm for like four or five days this week. Jeez. All next week, all from Thursday to like Sunday. Uh, so. See that? See that might not even be worth it. Like if you're just gonna take up my whole weekend, I'd, I'd rather just do it and not have any rain. <laughs> but it we'll... it is what it is. My mother nature will do as she pleases. We uh we all have no choice in the matter. We just have to accept what she throws at us. But uh yeah, you gotta stay hydrated out there, man. It's, summer's officially here. It's 
it's hot, man. The nineties are here, so yeah. You keep those water bottles on deck. Also, if you are working out and you are like me, who does not eat his vegetables, make sure you have like you you either eat green, like you either eat greens or you get one of those like uh, those like Gatorade zeros or whatever. Yeah. Because you need electrolytes, which I learned mm. the hard way because I've been. <laughs> Every, like I've I've been uh like I go running in the middle of, like when it's sunny out so like I've been whenever I've been standing up really quickly I get dizzy dizzy yeah 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 I found out it's because I'm not replacing the the, the electrolytes in my body when I do it so I, I started drinking Gatorade Zero so there you go you know stay healthy yeah stay healthy stay hydrated you know all that good stuff so. You know, we give you guys fight breakdowns, we give you health tips. Because we need you guys alive to listen to the show, so. <laughs> you guys, you know, stay stay alive, keep your heart beat beating. We need we, to we, keep we need, our viewership you. living. Right. <laughs> and speaking of the viewership, uh, shout-outs to all the listeners, of course, Twitter folk, Tumblr folk, wherever you are when you listen to this, we appreciate you. Top cities of the week, as far as listens go, uh, number one, Carlsbad, California, number two, Ontario, California. Hold up. I don't know why I wanted to say Canada, but that is Ontario, California. Uh, number three, R- Rivni, Ukraine, if I'm saying that correct. I'm sorry? Uh, Rivni. <laughs> I don't know where they came from, but R- Rivni, Ukraine, uh, number four, San Francisco, California, and number five, Orange Park, Florida. So, shout-outs to you guys. I don't know where the Ukraine came from, but thank you. We appreciate you. But let me check last week's card and see who fought on it. All right. Uh, <laughs> you will, uh, Andrea, like, the closest thing to a Russian fighter that I can find on this list is, like, Andrea KGB Lee, who is a full-blown Texan. So. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys got here by accident, but, you know, just stay around. Just stay they, around. they need these Nikita Krylov hot takes. Mm. And I'm more than willing to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, so we appreciate you guys. Make sure you share the show. Share with a friend, neighbor, co-worker, a gas station attendant, uh, the person who uh, takes your tickets at the movie theater. Uh, All that good stuff. Your parole officer. <laughs> the, the, the judge. Right before he gives you the sentence. You, you just start casually talking about podcasts you guys listen to. There you go. Right before he bang, bangs the guy, like, listen, man, I, before I go away, I need to, you know, need you to listen to this real quick. Same. Then he's going to extend your sentence, because he's going to be like, who, who is Glover to share? <laughs> who is the goat Dave Branch? Oh, boy. But, uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. So, today's show, in, in theory, knock on wood, uh, I don't have any wood near me. Let's knock on this desk that is not made of wood at all. But uh, <laughs> not 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 a ton to really go over today. I mean, there there were you know we, we'll have some news and announcements. Uh, there are a couple of news stories. Not not anything to dive in too heavy, but I got a couple of news stories here that I thought were worth worth a mention. Um, as far as fight cards go, uh, we'll primarily pretty much just be covering the Ngannou versus Dos Santos card. And I'll give a brief mention to Cage Warriors probably before that. Just just because what happened in their main event was something I don't think many of us have ever seen before. 
but shout out to uh, Cage Warriors, uh, LFA, K1 Kickboxing, Pancreas. Um, there, there was some fisticuffs being thrown away, maybe not in the most popular organizations, but if you're a Hawker Fight fan, there, there was something out there for you. Can, can I just... Pancreas? Yeah, the Pancreas. Pancreas. Okay. Not sorry. Pancreas. Oh, yeah, those, yeah, those are different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because... Shout out to Angry Black Men on Tumblr. I forgot which one of the cities uh, in the UK that had made the top five, but he let me know I pronounced it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're up here again, so I I don't remember which one it was. You made them very angry. Yeah, yeah, so my my bad. (laughs) I mean, like, if you're not here in part because we pronounced everything wrong, then why are you here, right? Yeah, you know. Part of the fun is just hearing us how to pronounce. Like, like the further I go down the listener list, like Ludhenia, India. Now, they're going to fight me because I definitely said that wrong. Uh, somewhere in the Russian Federation called Ver- Verkhenyaya Push- Pushma. I- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, folks, uh, I am a writer, but pronunciation isn't my... Pub- it's, it's, public it's speaking a... is hard. Yes. <laughs> Especially with words I've never seen in cities I've never seen. And, like, if I've never heard them used in context or referenced, I'm just kind of lost out there. Um, I try my hardest, though. Uh, my, my, my intentions are pure. Uh, we, do, we, do we know how to say Francis Ngannou's name yet? Is it Gano? It's Ngannou, man. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> I don't care what... uh. What John Anik and, and, and company are saying, it is it is in Ganu. I appreciate and, how happy Giant gets when he's when he thinks he has a name right, because like w- he was trying. Uh, who was it? Was it Paul Felder who was trying to pronounce Lung uh, Lungyambula's name? And yeah, Anik was Anik, like, "Yeah, you got it right." <laughs> <laughs> Anik just stands in the mirror before the show and he just just runs down the list and he just practices. I- I'll give him this. It feels like he really cares and he really tries. Hey man, uh, we we appreciate it. I haven't made fun of Anik in a while. And it's hard because he's not. It, it feels like he's not on any of the cards he calls. It's just like DC and whoever DC happens, whoever happens to be there with him, whether it be like Rogan or Cruz or whatever. Yeah, he, he's a background guy, and I think that's where he. Not not to be mean, I think that's kind of where he belongs. I think that fits him most. Like right, he he can chime in every now and again, but I, I don't need him to be the bulk of of the commentary. Um, but yeah, so mispronunciations, they're, they're going to happen. We, we apologize. We're, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. But, um, now, if you're going to ask us if we could try harder, the answer is probably yes. But, yeah, but if we're being real, like how hard can we really try? Yeah, requires effort that I, I know Sensei's just... a hard worker, but I'm lazy as fuck. So <laughs> it's a lot of work on a Sunday morning trying to try do all these pronunciations. Like I said, our, our intentions are pure. But, um, so yeah, I guess we'll just kind of get right to it. Uh, news and notes for the week. I have a couple of fight announcements, then I'll go back to some news stories that, uh, are probably worth of note that we'll, we'll dive into maybe just a little bit. Um, but in terms of fight announcements, probably the biggest fight that got announced. This will be headlining the UFC Newark card. Uh, we will have Robbie Lawler facing off against Colby Covington. 
Um, also on UFC Newark, we will have Vulcan Uzdemir versus Alir Latifi, which is a fight that had to be rebooked. Um, and we'll also have Clay Guida versus Jim Miller. Um, at UFC Vancouver, we will have Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. We'll have Todd Duffy, who I feel like I haven't heard from in forever. Um, he will be back fighting Jeff Hughes. The GOAT Dave Branch will be fighting Andrew Sanchez. And Jim Crute will be facing Misa Serkinov at UFC Copenhagen. Uh, Gunnar Nelson will be facing off against Thiago Alves. At UFC 239, we'll have Panny Kianzad versus Julia Avila. And at UFC 240, this is going to be Heat, Jeff Neal, and Nico Price. Just violence. That is going to be violence all over the place. One is, one is coordinated violence, and the other is I'm going to KO you from the bottom violence. Right. <laughs> like, that is That fight is going to be fire. So I, I, something's got to give in that one. So Yeah. Somebody's done. Somebody's not making it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 gonna be a great fight. Um, moving on down to uh, Ryzen and fight announcements. Um, I didn't know they're having, I guess, a lightweight Grand Prix, um, and they have some qualifying fights coming up. Uh, we'll have Tatsuya Kawajiri. Oh, speaking of name pronunciations that I'm about to butcher, uh, versus Ali Abdukahi. Yeah, Ali Abdul. Kalikov, I probably murdered that, not in a good way. That's <laughs> 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 the fight that's happening. Uh, we'll have Satoru. Uh, uh, Kitaoka. Kitaoka versus Johnny Case, Roberto Satoshi versus Mizuto Hirota, and also on that same card, Siohi uh, Han will be making her debut against Tomo Mesawa. Um, also on that card, I didn't write it down, but they, they played a, <laughs> sure it all got me angry, because I, so, Kevin Ross is going to be on this card in the kickboxing fight, I was like, oh, Kevin Ross, I remember him from back when I used to watch line fights, and they mentioned, uh, Tension's name in the article, and I was like, Kevin Ross is fighting Tension? But it was his teammate, but like, they, they put the hyperlink on Tension's name, so it stood out, so I thought he was fighting him, so I got duped, I got, I got duped for a second. But uh, Kevin Ross will be fighting one of Tension's teammates. I don't, I don't have the the fight written <clears throat> down in front of me, so I don't. Uh, uh, Daiki, uh, yeah, Daiki Watana, uh, Watabe. There we go. So that'll that'll be a that'll be a thing. I haven't seen Kevin Ross in a while. Um, probably still been fighting. I don't know what happened to a lot of fights. And I don't ask the TV anymore, so I can't. I've, I don't know how to watch their fights. He's been part of Bellator kickboxing. But is that even really real? Like, I mean, <laughs> what was the last? Yeah, what was the last? Card <laughs> like when? Yeah, like when? When's the last time we heard of that? Right um, I, I mean, that's actually a good question. I'm about to look it up. Uh, Bella. Uh, wow, it was from 2017. Uh, yeah, that was like a project they started and like abandoned. Which is sad because I feel like it could have been, you know, it it, could, it there there was potential there, but there's just like. There's no space for them on TV. Bellator does 20-something cards a year. Yeah. Like, maybe this is a thing that like DAZN could have helped them out with, but it doesn't seem like DAZN really cares about um, kickboxing. And to be honest, like if you don't have the money to bring in a guy like, a, uh, I don't know, like a, a, a Rico Verhoeven or you know someone with some cachet. Yeah, might not even be. It's not like, what, what's the point? 
between Glory and K1, and now you got one championship. Like, I think they kind of have, yeah, all, all the best talents kind of spread out over those. Like, and if you wanted to do a pure American kickboxing thing, I, that doesn't work either. Like, because, like, America sucks at kickboxing. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all the American kickboxers who, uh, who, who listen to this, but, like, we're, we're we're not exactly Italy or Hungary or, you know, the God for like the Netherlands or something. Yeah, not 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 close to the top of the food chain. Yeah, <laughs> whatsoever. So the last Bellator kickboxing card that happened was part of the uh, the Bellator two eleven card, and it was uh, that was the uh, the Italy card that they uh-huh. did um, with the Sakara at the uh, top. So. So yeah, it looks like Bellator kickboxing might be dead, which sucks because like this is more space for people to fight. All right, but I mean, I guess if they couldn't really do it properly, I'd I guess rather just not them do it at all. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, that rising card that that looks pretty fun. Uh, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll get a chance to watch that. Um, at one championship, uh, Yushin Okami will be fighting James Nakashima. Um, at KSW 50, they'll be having an interim lightweight title fight between Norman Park and Marion Ziokowski. Yeah, and in boxing fight announcements, uh, Vasily Lomachenko will be fighting Luke Campbell on August the 31st. And Shakur Stevenson will be fighting Franklin Manzanilla on July the 13th at the, was at the Prudential Center. Uh, that's in Newark, right? Yes. Yeah, so if you're in Newark on July 13th, you can go watch Shakur Stevenson. Or if you're in Newark, you can go watch this UFC card and go watch uh, go watch Clay Guida and Jim Miller throw down in a fight that should have happened back in, like, 2010. But <laughs> when you, like We talked about this before we started recording, but for whatever reason, I thought the card was in Atlantic City. Newark is, like, a 15-minute drive from my house. Uh, I still want to pay money to see Kobe Covington, though, so... I guess real quick before I move on to the news stories, uh, any any quick quick thoughts, quick picks on uh, Colby versus Robbie? <clears throat> um, I hate to say it, but like that 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 fight's designed for Colby to win. Like, unless um, unless Robbie has learned something or like he like he uh, he cracks Colby really good, like I don't see a reason why it should be any different than the RDA fight, in which. The aggressive, the more aggressive, the better wrestler who came forward, got in um, Robbie Lawler's face, and you know kept the volume on him, just walked away with the fight. So I, I don't see any reason why it should be any different now that the, there's a bigger, more powerful wrestler in front of him. So I, I guess my my <clears throat> no, no go ahead. my my hope for Robbie is that. Yeah, Kobe is extra aggressive, and this could be me being biased. I feel like he doesn't inflict like a ton of damage. He's like kind of like an annoying, just kind of gnat. <laughs> that kind of just like I mean, he's always in your face. Yeah, like he is not a particularly good fighter. Like, like not striker, striker. Um, like imagine Henry Cejudo without any of the pop, and even less like boxing skills right like he, he so, is pure i'm going to tank damage eat 
<clears throat> eat every punch. Like the, the dude got boxed up by Damian Maya. Right. <laughs> before Damian Maya remembered, he was like a forty-year-old man, and, and just ran out of gas in the second round. Like there is every possible, like every possibility, Robbie just goes out there, boxes the shit out of him, and maybe even knocks him out. But like I'm not, I'm not betting on um, seeing that version of Robbie Lawler. That's just the thing. Like. I just I, I could maybe envision this being one of those fights where Kobe's winning until he gets cracked. Like he has a good thing going, and then he he catches the right hand, and like it's all over. Right, right. Well, we'll see though. He he definitely could win. This could also easily on the other side be one of those fights that's like crazy frustrating to watch, where we just watch Kobe grind him out for five rounds, and like it's not really exciting and not a lot is happening, but he just kind of winning just. Maybe just based on output and like pushing the pace, it, it, it could definitely turn into one of those. Um, Real quick, I didn't realize they released the entire like Newark card already, um, and it is pretty mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, what what Vulcan and, and Uzdemir give you money's worth? I don't know about weed and uh. We didn't Miller, but uh, I mean, are you uh, like, yeah, no, it's not even bad. It's just like not, like it's made up of fights that if they were on the prelims, you'd be like, oh, that's that's a good prelim fight. But these like main card. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it could end up being a card, kind of like today's was, maybe. You know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you might be right. I, I don't know if I'd pay to go see it, but I'll be, I'll be watching. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe depending on what those ticket prices look like, um, yeah. might might be worth it. But yeah, I don't know. Not not a card at least on paper to jump and enjoy about. But I think it'll be a solid. It'll be a solid night of fight. Probably not nothing too crazy, but um, yeah, you know, it, it'll be a thing. We'll we'll be covering it anyway. So, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so that's pretty much I have in terms of uh, flight announcements. So for news stories, um, you know what? Because I, I have two good news stories and then a bad one. So do we want to get the bad one out the way, or do we want to start off on a good foot? I, I feel like we should start with this. Mm. You know, you, it, like, it's like uh, when you're the manager and you have to do like the compliment sandwich where you start with something good. Then you go to where they need improvement, and then you end with something good. So uh, right. I feel like that's the way we handle this. All right, we'll do we'll, we'll do good, bad, good. <clears throat> All right, so good news. At least it's good news for me. It warmed warm my heart to see this. Um, we we have been talking probably about all those last two to three fights that we weren't sure how long he was going to be around, or you know, it, all signs were pointing to that this was pretty much like going to be his last year of fighting at least in MMA that he might go do boxing or he was just going to be somewhere else and we, we might not see him again but apparently he signed an eight fight deal extension so uh I, I guess he'll be around for a little bit longer um this this made me happy I don't, I don't know if he fulfilled all eight fights um but it at least gives me hope that if he signed an eight fight deal that we might squeeze another year or two out of him and as long as that can happen, 
I'm, I don't know why I'm still holding on to this Pettis fight. <laughs> but I'm holding on to this Pettis fight because I want to see it. Right. Um, so that, that just gave me hope that maybe that fight, by the end of his career, cause I, I, if he's on an eight-fight deal, like I said, I, I don't know if he does all eight, maybe he just does like four. But this gives me hope that he'll his career will last long enough that we can get a Pettis fight out of him. Um, or even if not a Pettis fight, just... There are a lot of exciting fights, I think, for him. Um, whether he stays at featherweight or even tries to go up to lightweight, which I, I would love to see. Um, but no, I, I'm just happy he's back. I'm, I'm always down for an all the fight. He's an all-time favorite. So I'm happy he's back. I, I just want to see this Pettis fight, please. He, he give me the Pettis fight. You only have to fulfill the rest of the fights on your contract. I will take that, and I will be happy. Um, right. But yeah, I'm happy for all, though. Um... Uh, I'm assuming this has something to do with him losing to walk like crazy. It's like, you know, I, I, I want to go out like that in front of my, uh, was that card in, in Rio? I think it was. I don't know if yeah. it was in Rio, but it's yeah, it was in Rio. Rio. So, well, yeah, so like, I, like that, it might have lit something in him. He's always been like a really competitive dude. So, um, I mean, this could also just be the UFC making sure he doesn't like skip town and go to Bellator or something. Horizon or whatever, um, and he, he is a consistent top of the card guy. Like if you need a co-main event or a main event or whatever, like although there's something you can stick in that spot. So like, they, like they're having trouble filling dates. Like it's it's no secret at this point. Um, I mean, we just talked about the newer card, like so. It doesn't surprise me that the USC wants to keep him around and might have just talked him to the table and be like, hey, you, we'll give you this big signing bonus if you agree to stick around for another eight fights. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it although could also feel like he, like, he, maybe he wants another title run or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm happy for all of those. Probably getting paid well off of it, but I don't know. It's like you kind of wish that it's like some like something else wrong. Cause like it seemed like he had his mind made up and that like he was gonna go do something else with his life. And he's still young. He's still like he relatively like in great like for for guys who've been fighting for like over ten years and since they were like teenagers, like he's still in great shape. Like as far as I can tell, he's still. He's able to form cohesive sentences, and he he he's not like a Jordan Mean or something who, you know, a, a strong gust of wind and he like kind of just falls apart. <laughs> uh, he's still yeah, he's still holding on. So, yeah. I I just hope on the same token, I hope this doesn't make him like, well, like I said, we we he he's definitely lost a step, but he hasn't like completely fallen off the hill. I almost don't want to see him do a full eight because I don't want to see him completely like pull the Chuck Liddell. Yeah. So, you know, maybe 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 hit us with four fights and then you can, you know, coast off into the sunset. Just make sure that Pettis fight is one of those four. <laughs> but no, nah, just just happy to see Aldo back. So that that was a, a news a news note that I had to write down. Uh, now on to some bad news. That uh seemingly caught some people, at least what I saw on Twitter, off guard. But 
hintity hint, if you listen to us here on the Dojo Talk podcast, we definitely covered this initially when it happened, and I think we pretty much reference it every time he fights. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's Green. Desmond Green, UFC lightweight. Uh, he is facing some serious DUI manslaughter charges. Um, 20 charges, including DUI manslaughter uh, for his involvement in a car crash in which uh, was five vehicles deep and left uh, two women who got killed and this happened last summer and we definitely covered this on the podcast and I'm pretty sure in the fights afterwards I know you said it a couple times like how is he even still fighting <laughs> like he fought three times after this happened yeah um, now what I didn't know what I don't you might remember this better than I do I remember when the story initial broke way back then was you know we, we knew there was a car crash I think we knew we knew somebody died, right? We we knew people had died. There was a, I think it was an elderly couple um who died. Yeah. Uh, but we did they say what was in the car? Cuz this was new to me. I don't remember. No, it it never said anything about what was in the car, but I remember from what I remember from the story, Green's car went into the um wrong lane. Like he was driving down the wrong lane and crashed into somebody. If that's what I remember correctly. Uh he was yeah. he was driving with a suspended license and his um <clears throat> and, and no insurance. I'm not sure if his car was registered. Well, I, I, I got it pulled up here. I'm uh, reading this from uh, Sure Dogs articles written by Tristan Critch, Critchfield. If I'm saying that correct. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to just kind of jump around a little bit. But, um, yeah, so on August 18th, Green lost control of his Dodge Durango north on Sheridan Street. On northbound Interstate 75 in Pembroke Pines, Florida, he veered off the path uh, of a tractor trailer that triggered a five-car crash that killed two women, uh, Melina Morfa and Emma Suarez of Miami. Two others, Millie Vita Vega and Teresa Jaramillo, were seriously injured in the accident and taken to the hospital. Uh, Green sustained minor injuries. Uh, According to his arrest report, Green was seen throwing a metal object over a highway barrier while after the crash. The object was later recovered and determined to be a marijuana grinder and had marijuana marijuana residue inside of it. Additionally, investigators found a bag of cocaine in the front seat of Green's vehicle. Um, And then also, according to the arrest report, Green's normal faculties were impaired by alcoholic beverages and or controlled substances at the time that the crash occurred. Green was also driving on a second suspended license and was not wearing a seat belt per the investigation. There are a lot of things wrong. Um, a lot of things wrong here. Um, see, what I didn't know last time about like the alcohol and the, the, the coke that was in the car. I don't think they mentioned that like when this story initially broke. I don't think we had that information. Um... All I can say is, I don't think we're going to hear from Des Green for a while. Um, like, two people died, you got 20 charges against you, they found drugs in your car, you were drinking. You didn't have a license. Like, yeah, you did, you're on your second suspended license, and you didn't have a seatbelt on. And outside of you killing two people, you, you injured... Um, some other people like this this just looks 
though I ain't say looks, it, it's terrible. Like, you might go to jail for a while, like years. Like, we this might that that fight. What was the last fight against uh, Charles Jordan? Jordan. Yeah, that was, that that might be the last time we hear from Des Green for quite some time. Maybe probably ever, if we're being honest. Yeah. Because um, yeah, that is not. That's not a good look, man. Like, yeah, I I don't really really even know what else to say, but this that's not. But bad enough, you 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 were driving on a suspended license and no seatbelt. You two people died. You were impaired. Like that's that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Like you you can't be out here moving like that. That is not. That's never a good look. It's never a good look. I thought it was weird that he threw the marijuana and kept the coke in the car. Maybe he forgot. Well, I mean, one's probably <laughs> that, easier to get than the other. I get yeah. that. That was weird to me when I read this. I was like, I would think it'd be the opposite. You you throw away the coke. And, I mean, there's no winning situation. No matter how you do it, I just thought maybe you throw away the coke and keep the marriage chain. But what? Whatever. Um. Yeah. So yeah, man. I'm not, kind of just curious how he's been free for like. Almost ten months. It's almost been a year, and like the charges were <clears throat> pretty. In- like I remember the article from uh, like a couple of days after he was FCN, where they were like, "Yeah, no, they found drugs and shit in his car, and two people died." So like, I'm, I'm like, he's fought. Not only has he fought three times since like then, but he left the country. He went to freaking Moscow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because the investigation was still pending. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure how all of that works in terms of legal stipulations. Uh, that's not, not my field of expertise, but uh, at least as of now, he's being held in Broward County uh, on a bond of a hundred and ninety-four thousand dollars. And I don't think he's got that kind of money. Can we, can we talk really quick about, like, the UFC just not commenting on when their fighters get in trouble with the law anymore? Oh, no, they they, they never do. Like, it's yeah. never it's never a footnote. Or, or if it, if they mention it, and it's not even just specific to Green. This is just for fighters in general. Like, if they have any kind of legal cases outside of the UFC, it's always like, oh, he's got some, you know, Personal he's got issues. some... Yeah, personal issues. He's got demons to overcome. Right. <laughs> it's like, bro, this ain't this ain't just demons. Like, you got people killed. Like, this this is not. Yeah, I I almost feel like the U. You know what though? I can't say only the UFC kind of gets away with stuff like this because I remember in the NFL, Dante Stallworth had a incident a couple years ago where. Um, I, I don't know if I can't remember the, the specific details. I don't remember if his was manslaughter or non-intentional manslaughter, but he had like a vehicle incident and where he got in a car crash and somebody died and pretty late the next year. I mean, but, look at look at Dwight Howard. Look at like remember the the whole shit that came out from the uh, the person who was posted on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't that story. I'm not even sure that story even made it to like ESP. And it kind of died, and Dwight Howard just came back to play basketball like it was nothing. So, 
But this is like a Alright. Like and then like freaking BJ Penn. It comes out that he has a free uh uh uh, uh what you call it against him. And we have another BJ Penn story. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't write that one down. <laughs> so the, the sandwich got bigger. Uh, do, do you have it pulled up? I, I don't. Uh, yeah. I know yeah. he, he got into some uh, some scuffle. He, BJ UFC legend BJ Penn caught on video fighting bouncer outside Hawaii club. BJ, you're a 40 year old dude. You don't need to be at the club anymore. Just chill. You got like four open cases against you right now. You know, you, you maybe just kick back and relax, stay on the low. But uh, Penn was escorted out of Club Femnu in Honolulu around midnight because he was acting very drunk. The club owner sold TMZ Sports. At some point, things got physical, and Penn began to fight one of the club's bouncers. The video showed both men wrestling on the ground. At one point in the video, shows 40-year-old former UFC champion shoving his forearms into the man's throat. Dispatch audio obtained by TMZ Sports revealed that one law enforcement official telling uh, officers BJ Penn is back there trying to fight everyone. No what? No weapon. I mean, from the sounds of it, BJ finally won a fight. <laughs> so, just wasn't sanctioned and uh, won't appear on a record. I mean, it will appear on a record, all right. Uh, yeah, not not the one he <laughs> <laughs> not not the one he wanted, but uh, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. It is, yeah, like, may, may, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the maybe that's the new PR move. Just don't comment on anything, so it can't be a bigger story. Huh. Could be. I mean, to be honest. The UFC would probably be smart to do so because I have a feeling if they were to come out and like talk about this, they would somehow make a goof when they're like questioned about it. They would probably give like terrible, especially if Dana gets asked questions. He would probably get some god awful answers. He hasn't been charged with anything, right? <laughs> he was never sentenced, right? Yeah. So they, they it's probably in their best interest to just kind of we'll just look the other way. Let uh. Let let the legal process take place, and even after it play, takes place, and he goes to jail, we'll we'll just act like it never happened. Like we'll, all the highlights will be erased. We we won't mention his name. It'll just get get swept under the rug. Yeah, but yeah, man. So yeah, I I don't I don't think we'll be hearing from uh, Des Green in a while. But uh, rest in peace to the two victims. Um, uh, that is a fear of mine, man. I, I do not want to go out that way. Car accident. That is scary, man. Yep. It is it, terrifying. Yeah, that is... It's terrifying. And you just never know, like, you're on the highway, you could be doing everything right. <clears throat> and just because somebody else making terrible decisions, and now you, you got to pay for it. And it's... Ugh, that is... <sighs> don't don't drink and drive, people. Don't, don't do that, man. Don't shoot up. And drive either yeah. like yeah no no coke and drive drink and drive just just drive nothing else no no extracurriculars man just chill out or take the fucking bus like really All right. public or, transport public transportation like seriously get uber just ha have somebody else drive for you like i don't do do what you got to do just don't 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 do that man not not a good look and yeah if you're bj don't don't be in clubs at like 40 plus bro that's that ain't a good look. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, so th those are the, the two bad stories. But to, to finish it off, to complete the sandwich, what a good story. Also, I don't have this uh, pulled up in front of me, but it was definitely worth a note. Uh, France will be legalizing MMA uh, beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, in January 2020. So, funny story. Guess who put in the bid to be the uh, the official sanctioners or whatever of MMA in France? Mm. Who, 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 who's the uh, the mystery owners? The uh, the French Judo Association. Now, if anybody knows anything about the F, uh, Federation, the FJF. They are the reason MMA has not been legal in France yet so far. Because they believe it is a sport without a soul and would um, and uh, would, would defeat the purpose of uh, the morality of martial arts in France. But, like, the shameless, shameless, shameless group of hacks they are, they decided to put in to be the official shank, uh, sanctioners for uh, France. They saw dollar signs. Well, they saw Francis Ngannou. <laughs> and like, listen, man, this my guy might bring us some revenue in here. Yep, I mean that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's probably what happened. And got Ngannou started knocking people out. And like, hey, we might have to rethink this uh this ban over here. This guy's over here knocking people out. He can do that in front of our country. We can have all the money. Teddy Teddy Reiner isn't gonna be around forever. Like. They, they they need another uh, do, uh, gigantic black dude to just freaking bulldoze people. Yeah, but uh, I, I just thought that was a uh, a good note. Good 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 for you know anybody in in France who may have been trying to pursue this. Um, and I mean, if if nothing else, we will have another region to get some talent from. We never know what else we might, you know. Maybe they'll give us some, some good violent weight fighters or, you know, a champion. Just, just something. Just a, a new region to... <laughs> I didn't want to say be exploited. That was the first thing that came in my mind. <laughs> I, but to, to be exploited. Yeah. A, a new region to uh, to provide uh, entertainment services. Uh... <laughs> well, like, it's mostly just like, they, like for, if France wants to be a major player, they need a regional scene. Like, you know, guys like Tom Dukenwa and, um, uh, what's her name? Ayani Rose Farian? God, I'm bad at names when they're not right in front of me. And when they're right in front of me. But, um, like, they're fighters who had to go overseas and go fight for Bama and Cage Warriors and, like, Brave CF and stuff like that to get fights. And it's just, it's so much easier when there's a local promotion and you could just fight at home and you don't have to travel Right. While you're developing, so right. yeah. maybe whatever promotions get created from that region probably end up on Fight Pass somewhere, <laughs> or or ESPN Plus. Who knows? Or the Zone. We'll we'll see. But I'm I'm happy. I'm you know I'm all I'm all for the expansion of MMA, more talent, more fighters. You know I think think we all win. So shout out to uh, France legalizing MMA. That'll be in January of 2020. It'll be funny because the French Judo Federation is probably going to change the rules where, like, there are no strikes on the ground. <laughs> no elbows. You, you you can't shoot for double legs. Everything has to be Judo. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. 
we'll 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 see. We'll we'll hope for the best. We'll hope for the best. But um, that was pretty much it for news and notes. Uh, so we are gonna kick this off with some fights. So before we get to the UFC card, um, I wanna give a quick mention to Cage Warriors, which had a card. I think that was on Saturday. I wanna say. Uh, this was uh, Cage Warriors 106. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the entire card, but I just wanted to give it a mention because um, their entire main card, it was all title fights. Um, so you had everything I want to say from men's flyweight up to men's welterweight, I want to say. Uh, belt belts were on the line. Uh, so, I wish I had this pulled right up in front of me. But, um, uh, you got a new flyweight champ, uh, Samir Fadeen. Uh, got an upset over Sam Creasy, if I'm saying that right. Um, I did see the highlight of that. He, uh, clocked him with a right hand. Uh, so shout-outs to him. Um, James Webb, uh, uh, walked away with the middleweight title. He, uh, that. Uh, defeated Nathias or Nathias uh, Frederick. So uh, shout outs to James Webb and uh, Mads Brunel got a win over uh, uh, over Dean Truman. Uh, he won via looks like rear naked choke. Uh, he is the oh god, what division is this? It's featherweight. I don't know what this is. I'm scroll. I'm literally scrolling through the article while I'm reading it. <laughs> I don't know what title that was for. Um, I wanted. I think that was featherweight. Um, and in the co-main event, uh, Jai Herbert uh, defeated um, uh, Jack Grant, so he is now the lightweight champ. And the fight that I actually did get to watch, which I'll mention, uh, welterweight uh, title. This was between Nicholas Dalby. And what is the other gentleman's name? Ross Houston. So I had to mention this fight. Uh, for, for one, it was a it was a pretty entertaining fight. Um, it on, only ended up going three rounds. The reason it only went three rounds is because the fight had to be stopped because there was literally so much blood on the canvas. Well, actually, you know what? I, I can't technically call it the canvas because their octagon is made of vinyl, and I'm, I, you know, I'm no cage designer, but apparently uh, the material of vinyl does not do so well with blood as well as canvas. It doesn't, I guess, absorb it as much. So in the second round of that fight, I can remember the second or first, um, Houston caught Dolby with an elbow, like kind of right. It, it was kind of like on his head. It wasn't in a bad spot, but the blood just would not stop coming so like within seconds Dolby's bleeding all over the place and as you can imagine you know they get they're fighting in close quarter quarters they're clinching they're on the ground blood is getting smeared everywhere and then I can't remember if it was the second round also Dolby starts to take control of the fight where uh, I think he dropped the first round and then Dolby ends up breaking I'm pretty sure he broke Houston's nose I think he caught him with a right hand and it landed like right on his nose and when I tell you, he, this man was leaking everywhere. Like, there were points where they were on the ground and, like, blood was just flowing out of this man's nose. It was it was kind of like the Maya story choke. Except but, 
forever. Right. <laughs> like the blood just it didn't stop. Like it just it kept coming. And it, it got to the point where um they the ref stopped the fight. I got uh Goddard. Goddard was the ref. Uh Goddard had stopped the fight for one to check on the cut and to look at his nose. And you could see when they were on the ground, like, just going for scrambles or trying to advance positioning. Like, they literally couldn't keep their footing. The blood was smeared everywhere across the... I, I keep saying canvas, but it was actually vinyl, but uh, saying canvas just, just because. But the blood the blood was splattered so much on the canvas that they couldn't keep their footing. Like, dudes are slipping everywhere, trying to, you know, stand on their feet, trying to advance position. It, it was it's one of the bloodiest fights I think I've ever seen, and it was crazy because in the third round, uh, Goddard had stopped the fight I think to check on Houston's nose, and he was commenting like <laughs> it was like he was mad at the blood. He was like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> he, he's like, um, he is explaining. I, I don't know. I guess it was some commissioner guy. He was like, "They're slipping everywhere." He's like, "I'm concerned for the safety of the fighters." so on and so forth, he's like, I'm going to let it go until the end of the round, and then that's going to be it, so he lets them, you know, continue fighting, and then the blood got to too much, like, dudes were just, like I said, they're slipping all over the place, and he doesn't even let the round finish, he's like, no, we got to stop, and he literally stops the fight, I think they still had a good, maybe two minutes left in the round to go in the third round, um, and since he didn't let the round finish completely, Instead of it going to the judges' scorecards, it it ended up just being a no contest. Lovely. So, yeah. So, fight got stopped. Uh, I don't know which one of them. I think Ross was the champ, so I, I guess he gets to keep his belt, I'm assuming. Um, but it just really sucks for Dalby because it looks like he was about to take... He, I'm going to say about. He was taking control of that fight. He dropped the first round, and he was definitely taking control in the second, third, man. He was, he was busting Houston up. And, but good sportsmanship from both of them, like, that, it, it sucks to end the fight that way, but they were both posing on top of the cage, taking pictures with each other, just blood, <laughs> blood dripping all over, just blood everywhere. Um, but now, nah, if you, if you have fight pass, go, go back and watch that, man. That was, I've never seen a fight be stopped because literally there was just too much blood. I've, I've never seen that before. And from what I saw, it looked like the rest of that car was pretty, pretty entertaining. And like I said, the entire main car was all title fights. So... If you get a chance, you got Fight Pass, go back and watch Cage Warriors uh, 106. Shout out to Ross Houston and uh, Nicholas Dalby. That is violence. That's that's MMA. <laughs> that's, a, that's a super MMA moment. Like, we literally had to stop the fight because y'all are bleeding too much. Y'all got to chill out. <laughs> like, that's, that is wild. That is just wild. Um. So yeah, that was Cage Warriors 106. I just wanted to give that a quick mention because I had never, never seen a fight get stopped like that before. So, moving on to the uh, main event of the evening. UFC, well, what, what was this? Uh, Minneapolis, Ngannou versus Dos Santos. ESPN3. Um, yeah. What are the many names? Yeah, I moved away from that with the titles. <laughs> it got too much to type out. Um, unfortunately, a car where we did lose some good fights, man. Um, Ricardo Hamos was supposed to have fought Sergio Pettis. That fight ended up still being awesome, and we got a good debut. I, I like what Newsom did. We'll, we'll get to that later. But um, lost that fight. 
Uh, looks like also according to Wiki, Chas Kelly was also supposed to be on this card. So we, we lost we lost a couple of fights, but even still, all in all, it was a good card. Like, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of finishes. Like five first round finishes on this one. Yeah, there was there was there was death all all over the place. Like everybody was was out for blood. Um, except for Damian Maya. <laughs> He's too nice for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. But uh, starting from the top, main event: Francis Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos. Uh, two of the hardest hitters at heavyweight. I, this fight was so hard for me to watch because, like, J- JDS is probably like my all-time favorite heavyweight. But I love Ngannou. I love his story. I love watching him just send people to the astral plane. <laughs> so it's, it's like watching two of your favorites slug it out, and it it hurts because I just I had this feeling like, oh god, JDS is. He's gonna get knocked out. He's probably gonna get knocked out in this fight, isn't he? Yep. And yep, he got he got knocked out. Um, I, <laughs> to make myself feel better, I was like on 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 the Engano knockout scale. It's not as bad as some of his other ones. You know, he didn't get over he, he didn't get overreamed. He didn't get lifted off the ground like Andre Olovsky. Right. <laughs> so, so in the grand scheme of things, you know, not so bad. He got knocked out, but it could have been worse. He was up almost instantly. He, he seemed coherent. He, he, his nose wasn't completely removed from his face. Yeah. Oh, oh no, this is a win for JDS. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I felt a little better. But, oh, man. I, I just... I was about having a panic attack like this entire fight. Because I, I was just waiting for the moment. Like, all right, he's... uh, It's he's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Like he he landed a, a good leg kick that actually like put took Ngannou like to the floor for a second. But like there was a moment where JDS did this like hop step in kind of oh, the it, little it, the little yeah. And then the second that he did that, even though nothing happened, the second that he did that. I was like, bro, if Ngannou would have reacted, because he was in range to get hit. And if you know how JDS fights, like, he kind of has his hands kind of, like, down by his wayside. And his head is just kind of just there. And I was like, bro, he he could have ripped your head off. Like, that fight could have ended right there. And just the longer the fight went on, you just kind of felt like, ah, it's closing in. He's going to get clipped at some point. And probably the worst thing you can do against Ngannou, who just hits when he punches, like he just rips through the time continuum, like dude, dude hits with like Thanos level power when he has the gauntlet, like it's it's ridiculous. You you do not want to overextend. Um, bad punch. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, terrible punch. Like it was so uh, against lesser level competition. You could have got away with that, and uh, maybe against somebody who doesn't hit, doesn't have such like earth-shattering power as Ngannou does. But boy, was that a terrible! Like beyond, like so. Question for you before, uh, like before we talk about the end. Of, has Ngannou improved at all? Like, if we're being honest with ourselves, because like 
it's uh, he's had two minutes of fight time since he lost to Derek Lewis, and I can't tell if he's gotten any better. Uh, uh... <laughs> I, 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 I honestly cannot tell if Ngannou is any better than the guy who got the pants by Stipe last year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard to tell because he, like you said, he hasn't gotten a ton of octagon time since then. I I, I guess. After the Lewis fight, I was just happy that he at least looks confident again. Like, <laughs> so I, I took that as a, a a little a little victory for him. I, I had to go back and watch his earlier fights. I feel like he uses his leg kicks more. That's definitely something. Yeah, that's that's something, and it's a small thing. But for a guy who hits as hard as he does and as powerful as he is, that those those kicks could add up. You, and especially against a guy like Dos Santos, who does like use a lot of movement. Like I thought that was a good a good tool that he had going had that fight went longer that I think that would have worked a lot in his favor but yet it is kind of hard to tell like we we really we're not gonna know until he really fights like a Stipe again um we know the power is there but we don't know if he's added really much any other tools but I'll I'll take the leg kicks I'll I'll take the, the confidence probably back where it needs to be um yeah I don't know it's it's hard to tell it's 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 really hard to tell, but boy JDS super overextends with this overhand right, and just he leaves himself in the danger zone <laughs> for way too long. Like and he didn't need to. Like, yeah, that, that's the thing that like kills me about it because like, all right. So theoretically, I think the three toughest matchups for um. And Ganu are um, are Volkov, Stipe, and like JDS. Cause like Alistair Overeem is just a guy who, if you are able to bully him, like skill for skill, I think he could beat Ngannou. But mentally, I don't think he'll he's ever going to be the fighter who's able to play all together against a guy like Ngannou. Who like he can't bully around the cage. He he's probably not going to be able to knock him out with one punch. If right. we're being honest, and like if he can't go to the clinch, like he he really has no idea what to do once he's on the inside. And even if you clinch, if you get clipped like coming out of the clinch from Engano, that's that's over. Right. Like he's a dude who mentally, I think he's always going to freeze up when he fights somebody like Engano. But like JDS. We saw the elements of JDS's game here where he would have been an actual challenge, an actual test for Angano. Where, like, okay, all right, so the light kicks, really powerful, really accurate, and he's able to slip punches off of them. Like, immediately, like, literally five seconds before Angano throws, like, he throws the big right hand and Angano counters. He throws a leg kick and then immediately slips a right hand return from Engano and is able to get out the way. Damage free. I have no effing idea why he threw that punch. Other than he was trying to scare Engano off. Like the pressure got too much or something. And he was just like, I need to get this man off of me. And the worst. The worst thing you can do, like, not only was the the punch, like, not 
just not really a good idea and that he overextended. Like, he left, he left himself defenseless. He had his head turned. Like, against a guy like Ngannou, like, you can't do that. You can't be out here just head to, to just be hit. And you're defenseless. Like, you don't even see it coming. Because he got clipped, like, on the side of his head slash, like, ear with, like, the first hit. And caught another one. And then, like, while he's turned around, eats another one. It's like, dude, like, you... It's like you were asking to die. Right. You, you, were, you were asking to just... No, like, he threw one body punch and no jabs in this fight. JDS, whose best punch is the jab, threw zero jabs in this fight. Yeah. Like, he... And that's what... Like, that's what... Like... Dude could have fought any, like, imagine if he had jabbed to the body. Like, how disorienting do you think that would have been for Ngannou, a guy who exclusively is looking to counter your big, like, swing at him? Like, like his entire game is built around, oh, you're going to throw a punch at me? I'm going to lean backwards. I didn't counter with my right hand or a left hook. Like, I don't know. I, and I, I think I just find it frustrating because we just don't know how good Ngannou is. Like, the, like I, I'm not, like, there are people who are like, how, like, is he actually good? And, like, it, Like, I don't think we can dance around that anymore. Like, he's good. Is he, like... But is there anything for beyond when somebody figures out what to do with him? Can he adapt? And we still yeah. don't know that yet. And it's... It's kind of, like... Because it's not like he's fighting bums. He just beat, like... He just beat, um... JDS. He beat Overeem. Like... who was the other hot rising prospect like you know we could talk about Andre Olaski and Cain Velasquez as like a separate thing but like, he's beating good fighters at heavyweight and it's just like who like who else presents the type of issues to Ngannou that like an Overeem or a JDS on their best day is able to present right yeah he <laughs> he's gonna be like top five in that division for a long time like forever. Yeah, just based on that, that that power alone is gonna keep him there. Ever, because he could take like we know he could take a punch. Right. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not waiting on Bay to like I'm not holding my breath to see like Ngannou versus uh Tuivasa or something. No. Like I I like I think he mo- like besides Stipe and I guess uh, DC like I think the most interesting fight for him is like Volkov. Just because Volkov is really long, and I think he's probably the best at like that mid range in terms of just like being able to box people from there. All right. But like he's also a dude who gets tired over the course of a fight and can be hit. Like Derek Lewis knocked him out. Hell, Derek Lewis might be the be- the hardest matchup for Engano be- just because he's not going to give him anything to work with. Like Engano doesn't really attack the body. Which is where Lewis always ends up getting hurt. 
and Lewis is not just going to win punches. It, like, uh, uh, unless he's countering. So oh, we don't need we don't need to see that run back again. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also that like nobody wants to see that fight. Yeah, again. we we can we can bury that again. That's 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 out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I was holding out hope for JDS, but the the inevitable pretty much happened. Like he, it's just some of the bad habits he has. I, it's almost like they're like ingrained in him. Like leaving your back against the cage, overextending every now and again. The the turnaround thing, I'll never understand why any fighter does that. That that is crazy to me. Um, I I think that's just momentum. Like, like JDS has been able to get away with that punch before because one, like he he tends to be on the longer side. Like, so, like, and guys are less mobile at heavyweight, so, like, you, you throw, you pump out the jab, and then you court, throw that court screw overhand right, and he's able to get it because he's so much quicker and tends to be longer than his opponent. But he's neither one of those against Engano. And I don't, uh, did, did he pump out a jab before this? Uh, no. Yeah, no. he just, yeah, he's he just kind of. zero jabs in this fight. Yeah, he just flailed it. And it's like, if you're going to do that, you at least got to set it up. But I, I get the I get I, I get the idea that okay I have to scare Iganu off me because he's pressuring me he refuses like he's really long and like he hits really hard I have to keep I have to make him respect me or else he's just going to keep pressuring me he's going to catch me eventually but like it's so much better to be quicker and snipe on him and get him to miss and tire him out that way than it is to just be like fuck it we're going to throw down in the middle of the cage and. We're going to go shot for shot. Because, like, Engano doesn't even go shot for shot. He makes you miss. All right. And, and there is it. no shot for shot for Engano. Once he shoots, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> there is no comeback shot. It's, that's a wrap. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was... It is what it is, man. It, it, uh... it, it is what it is. Like, yeah. I mean, like... Like, and props that like, I, I don't want to sound too mean about Engano because like I, I've always like the, the level of. There aren't a lot of natural counter punches in that, like in MMA specifically like. And um, especially at heavyweight, like j- just to be able to have that. Ability to react the, the poise to react under fire like that, that that's big. But like I also want to see. Like, are we going to go, like, if he fights Stipe again, are we going to see another five rounds of him looking completely lost when Stipe realizes he doesn't have to brawl with him? All right. So, yeah. I don't know. Or will he just, like, conserve his energy, not do anything for a while, and just, you know, I don't know. We uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those outcomes we just kind of won't know until it happens. Hey, Stipe's been knocked out since then, so maybe his chin's just, like, cracked. So maybe this time he just looks out. <laughs> just slips one on him. Yeah, ooh, yeah, you don't want to catch one of those. One of them flush. But, yeah, not not a lot to really dissect, man. And Ganu kind of does. Anytime Ganu wins, the, the fight is the fight never lasts long. So it's not, it's never really much you can take away from it other than the man just will erase your soul if he hits you. Um if you get rid of the Stipe fight and the, like, Derek Lewis fight, I'm pretty sure his whole career is, like, shorter than those two fights put together. Yep. 
So. His, his career combined has lasted like one fight if it went all three rounds. Right. Yeah. But, hey, man, Ngannou doing Ngannou things. What, what, what can you say? So we'll, we'll see what happens with him next. I mean, I feel like Stipe and DC, those, those are like the only, no other options, really. He's, he's, he's pretty much right there. And I, I don't think DC sticks around to fight him if, if he beats uh, Miocic again. I think he just retires. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But congrats to Francis Ngannou, man. Uh, it was nice to see them, like, highlight his story, too. Seems like they're kind of pushing Sh- him out there. Shout says Barber. Oh, yeah, Barber was getting it in. Yeah. <laughs> the Barber was getting it in, man. Yeah, I, li- I like that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice little touch that they put on his uh his story. Got got to appreciate the, the Barbers. They gave, gave him the nice, precise haircut, man. He got that down to like a, a scientific method, but uh, yeah, congrats to Francis Ngannou, man. Uh, JDS, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> um, co-main event: Flyweight Joseph Benavidez versus Juicy A Formiga. I was I was really looking forward to this fight, even though no nobody still really knows what's going on with Flyweight. It's like ten fighters left, if, and- if even that. And Cejudo's basically out for the entirety of uh, the rest of 2020, or yeah. 2019. Yeah, so. No, who, who knows if... We'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I can't even really make any predictions. But as far as the fight, um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I thought this was going to be a little more back and forth, I guess. Um, uh, UCA had his moments. He had moments, but... Oh, I feel like he kind of got wrecked. Like, <laughs> like it, it not not that he didn't do anything. Um, like he was able to land shots and and some, some, he had some really impressive takedowns. And if he had fought anybody else, he probably would have got the backpack and choked them out. But. Right, but boy, the, yeah, the the scrambles, man, in this fight. Uh, there are only like two of them, but they they were fun. And like, ben, Benavidez is just woof. Dude is so good on the mat. Yeah. It's like when he gets taken down or is in the process of taking getting taken down, like he activates another mode and it's like, no, nah, we're not no, you're not you're not getting this. And dude just I need to go back and just like watch those in slow motion. Because I have no like that that second takedown that for me the shot was perfect. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what else you could have asked for Amiga to do. Like, it was a perfect takedown. And just somehow, some way, Benavidez just does, like, this whole Spider-Man move. <laughs> and he just, he just gets back up or just ends up winning the, the position. Yeah, it's, yeah. That that man's an alien on the mat. That was, that was wild. Dude, he, he is, in my mind, the best WEC slash UFC fighter to not win the belt. Like... Maybe maybe the best of never win a major title period. Like Dude is so like if not for Dominic Cruz and Demetrius Johnson, his only career loss would be Sergio Pettis. Yep. And a fight he arguably won. I was looking at this fight, like watching this entire time, like, it is crazy this guy never had a belt. Like, insane. Like, just go back and look at his record and look at everybody he's beaten. 
It's like, how does this guy not ever... <laughs> how has he never won a title? Like, it's it's insane. But, yeah, Formiga had moments, like, Benavidez did worry me because he, he, he had these moments where he would just kind of lunge in for these, like, shots he would throw, and he kind of just leaves his head just... There. Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. And I was thinking the entire time against, like, the way Cejudo is now, I was like, man, I don't know, you might get clipped or you know don't don't do that when you fight him like that that might not end well but he, he was able to kind of get away get away with it with formiga um land a lot of good uh let's a lot of good shots good good flurries he just look he looked pretty on point he, even the the mistakes that he did make like formiga couldn't really capitalize on him like he said he, and when formiga got takedowns which were really good takedowns just benavidez's ability to just scramble was just like i i wouldn't know what to tell formiga in the corner like bro you you, you kind of did what we told you to do like you, you need to get him down it was a perfect shot and you got him down and he just like you just hit an alien move on you like i, I, I don't know what else to tell you and then on the feet like, as much as Formiga has improved as a striker, and then he, he did catch Benavidez a couple of times, but we, we, we still kind of know, like, what Formiga's bread and butter is. Like, striking isn't, that's not his primary thing, and we, we know how Benavidez get down. We know he can throw, he can crack. He's he's very, extremely well-rounded, so, yeah. Formiga just kind of couldn't get a lot of consistency going, and Benavidez, he was, he was out for blood, man, and that, I'll give Formiga credit, that head kick he ate in the second round, because his entire face shifted over, I thought, I don't see how he just didn't die from that, because that, that kick was flush. Yeah, that, that, that probably has something to do with Benavidez falling, like, if Benavidez was able to follow through all the way, that he probably would have been done. Yeah, because that, the shin was just right, it, it was perfect placement, but, I think it did stun him a little bit, and then when Benavidez swarmed him, he just left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. It was like he was button mashing on a controller. <laughs> so Formiga just just couldn't take it anymore. Um, prop, props to Joey Benavidez, man. Dude is just, since the WEC, the man has been consistently, another one of those guys that we mentioned who, consistently has always been a top five fighter in his division across two divisions yeah always been a top five dude man and it's insane to think that he's never won a title you just see how good he is and i feel like there was a a a stint where not that he was losing a lot of fights because he's never lost that many in a row from what i can remember but I think he's had a couple of fights where we may have thought, like, maybe he's slowing down just just a, a smidgen. But really, if you go back and look at his record, like you said, outside of the Sergio fight, which you could argue that he won, dude's been flawless. Like, <laughs> Dude, like, I, I do think he's slowing down, but I think he's gotten better as a fighter because of it. Like, he is a much better, like, all-around fighter than he was back when he was fighting, like, in the WC. And it's... Like, he's... Like, he, he's 34 years old, which doesn't sound old, but it's flyweight. Where everybody's, like, a super athlete. And he's also been fighting for, like, how many years now? Yeah, he's been... 
He's been fighting for 13 years. Yeah, since 2006. Well, I mean, that's just pro fights. I don't even know like what his amateur career was if he had one. But and not not only that, you look at the level of competition he's fought. Just Dominic Cruz, Ronnie Yaha, uh, Dominic Cruz again, Miguel Torres, Eddie Wineland, uh DJ twice, Ian McCall, Juicy Formiga, Tim Elliott, Dustin Ortiz, John Moraga. Like he's always fought. It's not like he's just fighting just some random Joe Schmo. Like, dude has consistently fought top-level competition pretty much his entire career. Yeah, dude, yeah, he, he's really good. Yeah, like, it, 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 and it's part of the reason why people, like, when they they they, they dogged on DJ's record and killed him, it's like, dude, he, like, he beat Joseph Benavides twice. And the second time was a... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That that one hurt me. I was <laughs> I was befuddled. <laughs> Dude, think about it like this. Like the Joseph Benavidez beat Henry Cejudo. I need to go back and watch that fight. And uh, I, believe me, I picked. I thought Cejudo won that fight. He he, he won. Uh, Joby won in part because Cejudo got a point taken away in the first round for two low blows, but like, it's not like if that fight had been five rounds, I think Cejudo, uh, I think from uh, Joseph Benavidez would ran away with it. That's another thing. Like he's beating, he's out here beating dudes on pace. Like he beat Dustin Ortiz, who is literally just ninety five percent pace, and beat him at his own game. And even in this fight with Formiga, like, he never, he never stopped. Like, even when he's kind of winging shots and still leaving his head out there, he's, he's always plotting forward. Like, I'm not trying to let you get too comfortable. I'm, I'm throwing shots no matter where you are. And like I said, you, you think you got me on the ground. No, I'm going to pull off this crazy, insane scramble, and I'm still going to find a way to get the better of the situation. Like, poor Formiga just... Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for dude because he's another guy who like has consistently been a top five fighter and like I feel like he kind of got overlooked and now it's like with this loss it's like man you, you might not ever get a title shot like this might have especially at flyweight where we we don't know if this is gonna be around much longer and this this might have sealed the deal like I I uh, I hope I pray like if if they're gonna keep flyweight around. And I pray they do. I really do. And they, they ha- and they have to go through the whole process of bringing back everybody they let go. Like, you- you'd hope like a fight, a performance like this would be like, yeah, this is what you're getting rid of, you dumbasses. Like, yeah. And and we have Pantoja versus uh, Davis and Figueroa coming up as well. So, and that's gonna be heat. That's, that's yeah. Gonna be great. Yeah, that's great. Those are that's a great fight. It's like there are only nine people in this division anymore. I feel like in in retrospect, like these divisions, especially the new ones that they the UFC made, like they take a while to kind of fill out. Because bantamweight wasn't always as good as it is now. Like back, we, we was what Baral Faber, the Wanlin. We had Cruz, but he was like injured a lot. It, it wasn't as deep as as it is now. Brad Pickett. Like, Almost fought for the title. Right. <laughs> like, and like, there's no disrespect to Brad Pickett, but like, the the man is no, he, he's no Peter, he's not Peter Young. 
Right. And Petriano hasn't even fought for a title yet. Like, you, you have to give these divisions time to kind of, like, just fill out and, and grow. Because Flyweight is... is I, I never thought Flyweight was bad. But Flyweight in 2019, it, well, at least if they would, would keep everybody around, Dude, like, is leagues better than when this division first started. Yes. Like, it... Like... And I know why the UFC does this. They do it to put a face to the division and, like know who you're building a mark around, but, like, I wish they would take it slow with just awarding people titles. Like, I I get that you want, like, like, like I said, I know you want a face for your division, but, like, with Flyweight, you know, they did the, they did tough. Which was fine to crown, like, your champion, but, like, you should really have, like, a steady flow before that going. Before you award a champion. Like, and they did the flyweight tournament, but it was, like, four... There were only four fighters in the damn division. All right. And two were guys who were coming down from Bantamweight. You didn't really have a whole group around them. Like... It, it, it sucks. Like, there is... There were... Thir- like, they had the division... When, the, when they traded away DJ last summer, or after last summer... The, fly, the flyweight division had like 35 fighters, which was the most they had ever had up to that point. It was the most interesting. You had Figueredo, who was making a name for himself. Henry Cejudo, who had just emerged is like from like, okay, I'm this boring top control guy who just manhandles people down to like, oh, I'm an actual mixed martial artist. I'm out here karate freaking, I'm karateing Wilson Hayes into oblivion. All right. Like, and, like, you, you got all these dudes who are just, Dustin Ortiz versus, when he fought, that was the best performance of his career, win or lose. Like, he was in that fight every step of the way. And then they cut him. You got Kyoji Horiguchi's out here just freaking killing it. On like a fifteen fight win streak or something crazy like that, right. just beat the bantamweight champion from Bellator twice. He just absolutely did terrible, horrible, nasty things to Ben Wynn. <laughs> but he is out here just freaking milking it, and they let him go because they didn't want to offer more than two fights a year. Yeah, this God, we we. I hope they bring everybody back. And and through all this we've mentioned, Benavidez has been a constant. He's Dude, always been there. He's al- always been at the top. Always putting on really good fights. Really entertaining fights. So, hold on, I, I have to look this up because I, this is something I've complained about in the past where they just stick Joseph Benavidez at the, on like the prelims of every card he's on. And it's kind of just mind-blowing to me. Like, Joseph Benavides fought on the prelims for tough. Like, this this comes back to my whole thing about, like, you want to make this division feel important. And you got, like, the guy. You got Joseph Benavides fighting on the fight pass prelims for Whitaker Romero 2, while Ty Tuivasa and Andre Arlovsky and CM Punk and Mike Jackson are on the main card. Like, no wonder. Yeah, they they didn't give these guys like a fair 
They didn't get a fair shake. They they were never I, the point. I like I don't think the plan was ever to give them a fair shake. So say all that to say, Ben Benavidez showed out tonight um, against Formiga. That was great, great performance, man. Great finish, nasty, just violent finish to put Formiga out. And it's kind of wild because Formiga has gotten so much better since the first time they fought, and Benavidez is still ahead of him. As older as Benavidez has gotten, as as much as he's maybe slowed down a little bit, just proves how good he is. Like you, you thought you closed the gap, and I was like, no, nah, the gap is still, it's still there, buddy. <laughs> it's still there. But uh, yeah, Benavidez, TKO, uh, TKO Formiga round two. Hopefully this sets up a fight with Cejudo sometime next year, because like I said, Cejudo's gonna be out pretty much for the rest of 2019. So. Maybe maybe sometime 2020 we we can see Benavidez in a title shot. And I think that would be an awesome fight, man. Maybe I, I, uh, maybe they do an interim title shot with the winner of Figueroa versus uh uh, yeah. uh Pantoja. Pantoja, yeah. So maybe they well, get DJ back. I don't know. Nah, I uh, don't think that. I think that ship is. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, sucks. Like Kojo Horiguchi and DJ are never coming back. Right. And it's like, it, it, at this flyweight, if you would have had kept everybody and still had those two in the mix, especially considering, like, Cejudo would have won, so we still could have gotten more interesting matchups like that. There would have been so much fun we could have had that we're probably all going to miss out on, because it's just... We're probably never going to get Cejudo versus Horiguchi. Yeah. Right. That's that's never going to be a thing. We'll never get the... Who, who knows if we're ever going to get a, a DJ and um, Horiguchi rematch. Who knows? Probably but, not. Probably not. But congrats to Benavidez, man. Great performance. Great finish. And we'll hopefully he 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 should have be in line for a big fight next year. Uh, moving down to a fight we don't need to spend a ton of time on. <laughs> Damian Maya versus uh, is it Tony Martin, Rocco Martin? What what is this guy? What is his name? Anthony Rocco Martin. <laughs> yeah. the, like one day he just woke up and he was Rocco. I don't know how that works. I think that's but. always been his name, but he's just gone by Tony. But he was like, uh, if I call myself Rocco, that probably has more name value. And then he grew mutton chops, and here we are. There we go. No, I get it, Rocco. You know, Rocco's Rocco was Martin life. <laughs> God, that was terrible. That's that's nasty. <laughs> but um. Well, Rocco didn't uh wasn't a good life for this fight. Not not really a ton happened. There's not a lot to dissect. Damian Maya took him down, was able to control him. Except in um, the third. Yeah, except in the third where I don't even remember what uh Rocco caught him with. But he stumbled him, had him hurt, um, but Maya was able to survive till the end of the fight. Um th- there was a moment in the fight that was kinda wild where Maya had like mount like a super dominant position, and the ref was like, nah. <laughs> he just stood them up. He's like, I don't want you to win. Yeah, he was like, I don't care about this. Um, I- I'm going to guess maybe it was just because Maya wasn't... It- he had dominant positions, but wasn't inflicting a ton of damage. But even still, it's like, that's that's not the position that you stand somebody up from. Like, dude had... Like, you just you just don't do that. But not not really a lot to dissect, man. Maya just he took him down, and outside of the third where he got hurt... 
Um, he won all of the other rounds. Not really a ton happened. Mark, uh, Rocco flashed some head kicks, but it, not not a lot to break down. Ma Maya won a Maya fight. Minus a, a submission finish. Right. Uh, I'll give Martin this. Like, he looked like he did all the right things. It's just like w when you're so afraid of being taken down, you're basically just pot shotting and you're not able to set anything up. Like this is what the fight looks like. You're just giving your opponent more opportunities to take you down, especially somebody as aggressive with the wrestling as uh, Damian Maya. Still love that 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 chain wrestling boy. He he shoot for the first, don't get it. He'll come back for a second and third. Like <laughs> he's just gonna go until he gets it. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much that fight. So Damian Maya won uh, via decision. Uh, moving on. To a fight that was pretty fun, uh, Vince Pichel versus Roosevelt Roberts. Um, I like. I thought Roosevelt looked good, like in the moments where they would, he would kind of get in the pocket and like get the land combination. He has some pretty solid hands. He's pretty fast. Um, he, he tagged Vince up a couple of good times in that first round where they would like get to throw combinations. But props to Pichel, man. Dude is just extra tough and gritty, and it. it Seemed like he felt the momentum was swinging in his favor in the second and third round. I think they mentioned it like at one of the rounds he was like, "Oh, Ro Roosevelt's done. Like he's tired or whatever, whatever." And I didn't really think Roosevelt was tired, but hey, it didn't matter because Pichel definitely started to started to take over the fight. Like he was able to. I almost feel like <laughs> Roosevelt. I thought had a good thing going on the feet. And then there was a moment, I want to, I can't remember if it was the first or second, where he did, like, take Pichel down. And once he took Pichel down and Pichel got back up, he was like, oh, so you want to wrestle? And I felt like that was kind of like the downfall for Roberts, where once Pichel started initiating takedowns, he was just started to get the better of it. And the momentum just started to swing more and more in his favor. And even still, like, Roosevelt had good moments on the feet. Like I said, he would land these good little flurry combinations of like a three-piece, but Pichel could just get a hold of him, take him down, just kind of beat him up. And I don't remember this fight in super specific detail, but I just remember by like the third round, I was like, oh yeah, Pichel might. He's, he's kind of... That that third round was a big a big round for him. Like he, he definitely took the third, like no question. And... I thought Roosevelt just had good momentum starting off, and he had he had good moments. But Pichel being, I think he, I forgot how much older he is than Roosevelt. Just he, he just kind of had like that veteran, just like grit, and, and just was. He seems a lot stronger then too. Yeah, yeah, and especially like you just look at their physique. Like Roosevelt is a small lightweight man. Like he's not a very like defined, you know, not not out here like ripped and shredded, <laughs> like. It, like, I look at him and look at, like, Dustin Poirier. I'm like, y'all are in the same weight class? Right. Like, <laughs> that's not saying he should go to 145. He's just, he's, he's just yeah. really lanky. Yeah. So, yeah, Pichel just strength, grit, just kind of able to muscle him around. And, like, once he got those takedowns going, it was kind of, you know, it was, I don't say it was over for Roberts, but it just, it, it didn't make it a good time. Yeah. But it was, it was a fun fight, though. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, this is a learning experience from Roberts, and we're gonna see if he can go back and you know build off of this loss. Like he, like he had moments. He took a round on all the judges' scorecards. 
But this is cage awareness 101. Where are you putting yourself in the cage? Are you putting yourself in a position where it's easy to just push you backwards into the cage and be taken down? Um, Do you sit around in in like long exchanges in the clinch just because you feel like you can win there versus like what you actually need to do to establish like a game plan and win. So, huh. Um, go win for, uh, for Pichelle. Like he's rolling. Um, I think like, what is that? No, it's just the one. Oh, he lost. A, oh, I forgot. He fought left. I was going to say, I, he hasn't lost since the Capua fight, but he's like five and two in the UFC now, which is really respectable. Especially at lightweight, where right, uh, it's, yeah, a win is just hard to come by. <laughs> it's never, uh, and he, he had to work for this one too. Like it wasn't a wasn't an easy out. Um, but I mean, yeah, good good win on Pichelle. Just a lot of grit and just able to just kind of take control of the fight. Good good to see somebody like capitalize when the momentum swinging their way and they just kind of put their foot on the gas. Um. So good, good one for Michelle. But definitely looking forward to seeing Roberts again. Dude has a lot of, he has some talent. Looks like somebody who could definitely put on a lot of fun fights in the future. So we'll, we'll see how he rebounds. Uh, but moving on to the next fight, sticking with lightweight, uh, Drew Dober versus Marco Polo Reyes. <laughs> I posted on Twitter. I had this as my sleeper fight of the night. Uh, it didn't last long though. <laughs> um, I, I thought this would be a fight that would be more kind of back and forth. Like I, I, I envisioned the. Uh, a nice brawl, even if it didn't go all three, maybe at least went two rounds, but uh, apparently Drew Dober had other plans. Um, boy, they, 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 they did get straight to the point like I thought they would. I was amazed that if you go back and like look at this fight, because there were two instances in which uh, Polo got hurt. Uh, really quick out the gate after about the first 20 seconds, Dober caught him with a nice 3-4 piece. And then, obviously, the finishing sequence. If you look at that finishing sequence, like, it doesn't look like the cleanest punches or, like, the most... I'm trying to think of the word. Um, I don't know. I was amazed that in the flurry that Dober landed to finish, and actually that first one where he dropped him, he hit him with, like, every punch. Like, it kind of looked like he was just out there winging. But if you watch the replay, like, that finishing, like, five-piece, he landed, like, every single punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time he threw, as much as it looked like he was just out there just kind of ducking his head and throwing, those, all of those shots landed. Every single punch he threw caught Marco on the butt. And it's like, when you land that many flush punches, like, I don't care how good of a chin you got, like, you're going to go down eventually. Um so good on Doberman. Dober came out and got after it with the quickness, and he he started letting these hooks fly. And boy, Mar- Marco just got kind of got overwhelmed. He never had a chance to get comfortable. He was trying to feint and trying to get some offense going, and Dober was just cracking this man with hooks. And then that that finished like he literally caught him with like a six piece. <laughs> like, he just let off a six piece of just hooks and lefts and hooks and. He he landed every single one of them until Reyes just dropped. Um, so props to Doberman, another guy lightweight who's been looking really good as of late. Um, is where you you look at his face. He doesn't have that fighter look. He looks like a community college kid, but man can throw. 
Dude, dude, like, dude, dude, dude can like, throw. Like, yeah, like, imagine going back and saying the dude who lost to Sean Spicer and Nick Hines is going to be out here knocking dudes out, like, five years later. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have a lot to add. That fight was only, like, 67 seconds long. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Dober, like, like, Dober mentioned it after the fight where, like, he does not throw... With a lot of like, he he doesn't put a lot of extra force into his shots. He kind of just lets them flow, and it, it shows because like, yeah, he he rarely ever seems out of position, but like he is still out here just knocking dudes' heads off. So it's actually really cool to see. Um, but yeah, no, there's not a whole lot to dissect. Uh, Polo Reyes, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, he's been knocked down through his last four. Yeah, I gotta, you gotta feel for Polo Reyes, because he got to the UFC at, like, four and three, not a whole ton of experience, and they've just been like, yeah, no, you have to go out here and fight, like, Dung Yama, and right. <laughs> James Vick, and Matt Favola, and Demir, like, he's fighting, like, legitimately, like, Maybe not great opponents, but like dudes who are either more experienced than him, or just way higher up the food chain. That's just <laughs> that's the cost. We say it every every episode. That is the cost of fighting that lightweight, man. There are no there are no easy outings, man. Outside of the top fifteen, dudes are still competent, highly skilled. It's, you got to be on your A game, literally, just every time you night and night out. You have to be on your A game, because Dudes are looking for blood, and uh, Dober found it. <laughs> so good, good win on Dober. That was a great finish. Like you said, only sixty-seven seconds. Um, I'm down for a Dober fight, man. Dude, dude, is, he's he's fun to watch. He's he's really fun to watch. Um, and that lightweight, no no shortage of good fight. So we'll see who they match him up with. Uh, so that was Drew Dober and Marco Polo Reyes, and finishing off the main card. Uh, at 205, we had Alonzo Minifield and Paul Craig. Boy, Paul Craig, I don't know if you saw the weigh-ins, but he was at the weigh-ins, had the paint on his face, all in Minifield's grill, just look, looking real tough, guys. And, you know, I get it. You know, you got to sell the fight. You know, some some fighters have different mental warfare uh, uh, methods and others. Like, some guys, you know, they, they got to get in that mode where they need to, like, hate the person they're fighting to go out and perform. Uh, ain't work though. No. <laughs> that that meme mug uh, got punched in. Um, once Paul Craig couldn't really get the takedowns going, and Minifield was able to get out of those kind of bad spots. And boy, uh, like everybody, spinning ain't for everybody. Uh, I'll say. Um, you know, it's it's a good technique. You you throw a spinning kick. Maybe your opponent doesn't see it coming. Maybe you're like crazy athletic and get it off real fast. And Paul Craig not gonna... is not that. Is not yeah. That. <laughs> not not only that, but he threw that spinning kick. What three times? I want to say like he he threw that a couple of times. Yeah, that was at the first one he threw. And like Menafield pretty much blocked it every time. So goes to say that. Minifield, it wasn't a shock when Craig was going for a spin. 
Like, he kind of knew what was going down. Um, and, the, yeah, the fight was pretty much Craig going for takedowns. Couldn't get him. And then Craig goes for this spin kick. Very, very Chris Weidman-like. But, uh, boy, he got cracked. Like, he went for that spin. It did not work. And while he's in spin mode, dude just, uh, I don't remember, did he fall over? Because I felt like he wasn't in a good distance to throw that. Like, it seemed like he was too close. So, from what I could tell, it looked like um, Alonzo Menafield, like, he kind of collapsed because he realized Alonzo Menafield followed his back. So, he just kind of just like, oh, well, guess I'm going down to protect myself. And then Menafield just followed up with that hook. I don't think he he expected that, considering, like, he was very um, adamant about not going to the ground with him. Like, you can actually hear Menafield's corner telling him not to go to the ground with Craig as he knocks him out. So, I think that's why he fell over. He might have pushed him down, though. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, good on listening to his corner, too, because there was a moment where they were clinched against the cage, and his corner was screaming at him, like, yo, just let him go. Like, don't don't play this game at all. And he, he disengaged. So, listen to your corners. They know, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> But yeah, that knockout though, he went for that spin, boy, he got blasted with a right hand and he pretty much died on impact. Ate a couple more shots, but yikes. Um <laughs> just you know, these things happen at that uh at light heavyweight. Just might not have to be the most technical, but if, if you can crack, you can win. And uh having good takedown defense uh def- definitely helps. So, uh, Menafield sent Paul Craig to the Astral Plains after a spin kick gone bad um, and ended up getting the finish. So, good on him. The one within the first round. Boy, this main card, uh, this card kind of went by fast. <laughs> it seemed like just so many people just died. Like, yeah, it was, it was only a six-hour card, right? Like, squeezing 11, 12 fights into the six-hour time frame, man, it's great. It's great. They yeah, can't just like happen after, every week. Right, <laughs> like after this, you know what was crazy? There were so many finishes that when um when the Jared Gordon fight happened, I was like, "How dare you guys go to decision after all these people have sacrificed their blood? How dare you <laughs> make us go three rounds?" I was spoiled, but um, nah, man, Menfield, great win, great finish. So that rounds out the ESPN portion of the card, which just didn't seem like it lasted that long because I mean, there wasn't. Two fights went to the decision. Everybody else was great. Uh, was nice enough to get knocked down in the first round, except for right. Juicy A, who decided he wanted to be a second round guy. All right, <laughs> and I mean, outside of the Maya uh, Rocco fight, like the rest of these fights, even the, the one that went to the decision, they, it was still an entertaining fight. So it's not like you were kind of sitting here just snoozing, like, oh, when's the next one? You know, it it was a good, pretty much throughout this whole card was consistently entertaining and violent the entire time um but moving on to the espn prelims uh they were headlined by hikardo hamos uh, versus journey newson uh, this was supposed to have been hamos versus pettis but pettis pulled out um this is newson's uh newson's uh debut also on short notice <laughs> did you see the picture people posted of newson like the i guess it was like the promo picture where like he his eyes look like he's shocked to be there, like <laughs> I gotta send you the I gotta find the picture. Right, let me let me. Let me his like it. little 
the fighter picture they had of him, it it looked like people online said it looked like he did coke before he came. Damn. To, to me, it, it to me it looked like he was shocked. Like, oh snap, I'm on a UFC card. Like his eyes looked really. Was it the photo from the tail of the tape? I think no, no. Ah, God, I gotta, I, I gotta find it. I'm pretty much just in my Twitter likes. I gotta. It it made me laugh. But but anywho, um, if I find it, I'll I'll send it to you. <laughs> but um, no, nah, this this was a for, for Newsom's debut. I I, I was. One impressed that this man can take a shot. C- kind of jumping around here, but that elbow that he ate that sounded like a shotgun went off. Um, really surprised that he was just able to kind of just stand back up. Even though I think he was still wobbled a little bit, but I was like, dude, you should have been dead. Like, that should have been it. Um, yeah. But he ate it like a champ. Like, <laughs> I got, I got to give the man props. That was that was kind of wild, but um, now this was an, another fun fight. Um, man, Hamos just had so much range on Newson. Like Newson really had to try to work to get inside, and he had he had a good thing going with those leg kicks, which it was kind of crazy because out of nowhere, like at the end of the fight, those leg kicks and like calf kicks really just started to add up to where. I don't even think anything had happened to him. Like his knee just like buckled. Uh, no, uh, Newson kicked it. Oh, I, I, I didn't even. I thought it just. E- e- either way, it it almost looked like he was about to just fall over. Like he was about to have a Chandler moment. Yeah, if like if Newson had not gotten you know spinning back elbowed in the face like ten fifteen seconds earlier, he might have had a chance to finish the fight there. Like, cause, uh, cause, cause Hamos was just like immobile, and they spent the last like twenty seconds just staring at one another. Yeah, I think Hamos's knee was compromised, and Newson probably was still, you know, trying trying to recover from that elbow. I sent it. To, I sent you the uh <laughs> the picture, it's, but um. Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you see his his eyes are just like whoa there's a camera in my face <laughs> like, it's like i i don't know what i'm doing here right <laughs> like he really looks like it was short notice like he just woke up that morning he was not ready he looks like he turned around in his room and there was just a camera right <laughs> he looks legit shocked <laughs> um no good good performance on how was like good good use of being able to use your range because newson had a lot of trouble like trying to get inside, um, being rangy, being creative, throwing spinning elbows, and I think think he threw a couple knees, um, landed good leg kicks of his own. Um, but there was a, a point earlier in the fight where I thought it would have ended quick, where Newsom had went for a takedown and got reversed, and Hamos had mount, and I was like, ooh, that's props to Newsom for getting out of that, because I, I thought it was going to be over right then, because I thought that was a terrible spot to get caught in pretty early into the fight. Um, but no, nah, this, this was a really, really entertaining Bantamweight fight. Really like what I saw from Hamamosa, just like like the creativity, uh, the length, somebody who knows how to kind of use their size. Um, but good good debut for Newsom, man. Like That's a tough fight to have on your debut on short notice. Uh, he showed that he can take a hit. Um, you know, he he was trying to make it competitive and keep himself in the fight. Just, you know, just a, a tough debut. Got throwing all the spin and stuff at you. You don't know what's going on. 
he, he probably was really shocked when that <laughs> talk about the eyes blowing up. But um, no, nah, like I, I like what enough from what I saw from Newsom that I'm I'm looking forward to see him have a like a proper debut with like a full training camp. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Newsom's a dude Rufus guy, right? Was he? I didn't hear the gym that he trained. I wasn't sure. I could be. I know I'm probably dad, wrong. I'm probably I'm wrong. Uh, Impact Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, never mind. I don't know why. I, I, I assumed he was. Um, I think they said something last night on commentary that made me think, "Oh, he's a he, he's a partner of Sergio Pettis." Because they did. They mentioned Pettis's name. I can't remember what in reference to though. Yeah, they did. They did mention him though. It it kind of made it sound like, "Oh, Pettis got hurt, but we have this other guy who could take his spot." But um, yeah, no, like. Like he's a good all-around debut for uh, Newsom. Like, just it, it, Ricardo Hamos is just such a tricky guy to to make a debut against. Like, he, he's like a five ten bantamweight. Like, the, you're probably not getting that type of um, those type of looks in the gym uh, daily, especially like especially when you're taking this on short notice. Right, yeah, and oof, yeah, tough, tough, tough debut. But like I said, he he definitely looked shocked. <laughs> the eyes probably got wider after that elbow, that elbow landed. But good composure for him too. Like he never, um, as much as he was getting pressured, he never really like panicked out there. But he just he ate a lot of shots, couldn't really get inside. Tough, tough, tough debut. But looking forward to see him again. Hopefully, he can fight somebody a little smaller, <laughs> like. <laughs> Somebody won't have to struggle to get inside again so much, because he looked like his hands were pretty decent. He just couldn't land anything, because you know Hamos is so long. But good, good fight from both. Always down for Hamos fight and good, good debut from Newsom. Not, nothing to be ashamed of. Looking forward to seeing him fight again. Uh, but Hamos took that fight via unanimous decision. Uh, moving on back to 205, <laughs> Eric Anders versus Vinicius Moreira. Not a lot to say. Fight lasted a minute and 18 seconds. Um, this was just one of those fights where once Vinicius couldn't get a takedown, it was like, alrighty, gonna uh, this probably won't end too well. His striking does not look good. Vinicius. Uh, yeah, there, there was a moment where like he threw like a kick, and it looked like a dad kick, <laughs> like. <laughs> It looked like he was struggling to get his leg up there. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> if you don't get a takedown, but it's not going to be a good night for you. Um, and it was not. Um, I can't even remember. He went for, like, a takedown, and I, I can't remember what happened. Like, he was trying to get back up when he got hit. I don't remember, like, the particulars. I feel like that's kind of what happened. Basically, uh, I don't even he, think... he went for a takedown, and Eric Anders, he got up in the most irresponsible if possible, like sideways, not even facing Anders. They tried to shut up, and then Anders, like, drilled him. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, Pro- props to Anders for picking up the win, because he desperately needed the win. He was, like, one in four in his last th- uh, five. Uh, and, like, two of those were the uh, the Khalil Roundtree just drubbing. Yes, who one-sided ass-whooping in the uh, Diego Santos fight, which probably... Took like years off his life. Yeah. So he really needed that. And I'll I'll say good good on Anders. As much as I'm hard for root for him because he played football for Alabama. I hate Alabama. 
but <laughs> I remember watching him in LFA, um, and I always try to root for the LFA guys. And I just thought it was cool that like somebody who you know came over from football, obviously had the athletic ability, but like not not a fighter. Like this isn't like his natural thing, and he made it to the UFC. I feel like pretty early into and in to be this be like a completely new sport for him. And, you know, he's definitely had, you know, he's taken his lumps. But he's done, like, pretty decent for himself, I feel like. Um, and at 205, like, being athletic and having power, that's, like, 80% of the battle. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that'll at least keep you afloat. Um, Not when you have to fight, like, the top of the division so frequently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, we'll, 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 we'll see if he makes it to the... Uh, that that echelon. Well, which, well they yeah, have him. They had him fighting like he already was. Like he goes from fighting Marcus Perez to fighting Leonardo Machida, and then he gets Sims Williams in a fight. He was he, he was arguably losing before the knockout. Um, and then he has to fight Diego Santos and Elias Diodoro. Like, come on, got the like the guy. The guy should have been cut a break after the Santos fight. Oh. Or, or at least you know taking a step back in competition, but like they keep they kept throwing him out there in main events and stuff because he was just always available. They available in his fights, pretty much have been entertaining every time he stepped in. Yeah, like he 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 he's drawing blood or getting blood drawn like his, you know. But good good performance for him. Hopefully, this will be a good confidence booster. Um, but like you said, not don't you no need to rush him up the two oh five ladder. Let let him just have a few a few fights like this. Well probably somebody will have a little better striking than Vinicius. <laughs> that that ain't that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> but um no, nah, good good win for Anders. Good to see him back in the win column. And yeah, he, he blasted him, boy. That was ugh. And he ate like two, three punches. He probably didn't even need to eat in that last little sequence, but yeah, see, these things happen. It is what it is. But Eric Anders got the W via KO in the very, very first round. So, always happy to see somebody just halfway good at 205. So, I'm all for it. Moving back to lightweight, uh, Jared Gordon versus Dan Moret. I don't remember this fight in specific detail. All I remember thinking is, like, Moret had a really good start. Like, dude came out like he really wanted it. He was really aggressive. And they mentioned in the commentary that, uh, he felt like he was kind of fighting pretty much for his UFC career. Um, dude came out throwing. He, he he just looked really hungry. He was really pushing the pace. And <laughs> after that first round, boy, it it felt like everything kind of crumbled. Um, I'll give Murat this. He had all the memorable, like, highlightable moments. But yeah. Jared Gordon won literally every second in between them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just seemed... Ah, Moret spent uh, all that time he spent on the ground, man. Like he kept his, his cornermen just did not. I'm I'm pretty sure I heard them yell that or tell him that in the corner. They did not want him on the ground at all. Um, I might be thinking of another. One. I don't know, but e- either way, once he started getting taken down, and he he would have moments like there was a moment where he I think he had tried to go for like a, a armbar off his back, but like he couldn't. He was trying to threaten, but it just wasn't working. And he would go for these attempts that just kind of wouldn't turn into anything. And Gordon would just kind of be able to just keep him down and beat him up. 
but he would just kind of, it just seemed like he stayed on the ground. Like he just, I don't know. I felt like he would have had a better chance if he just would have stayed on the feet or just mixed it up a little more. I just felt like he spent a lot of time on the ground and most of the time he was on the ground, it wasn't, it wasn't in his favor. Like he was getting beat up, you know, spending more time getting out of bad spots than like amounting your own offense. And yeah, after that first round, like Gordon just kind of, took over and I, I felt bad for Moret because I felt like he had a really good thing going and like you said he he had most of the memorable moments but you know you got to have more than a highlight reel to you know those, those little in-between moments count and Gordon like you said he won he won the in-between moments so yeah just better overall grappler wrestler um I remember a whole lot of this fight on the feet I remember Moret finding some success in the first round, but that was like basically it. And anytime he, any, like anytime he, like you mentioned that armbar he went for before, like that immediately got used against him because Jerry Gordon was able to use that armbar attempt to pass. Yep. So like, it, it's one of those things where like you want to put on a big performance. I know Moret was fighting at home; he felt like he was like fighting for his job, but like, you got you got to fight in a way that's the most likely way to get you the win. And maybe this wasn't his mind. Maybe he was like, I'm not going to out-wrestle this guy. I'm not going to out-strike him or keep it. I'm not going to be able to keep it on the feet, so I might as well just play around on the ground with him, try to like get a reversal and maybe get to his back and get like a rear naked choke or something. But, yeah, no, it was not. It, it was a Jerry Gordon fight. Like, he was able to grind out and nullify all of Moret's offense to the point where it got him the win. Pretty much, not a fun fun fight, but not like a ton to really dive into. Good. But you know, real talk. I, quick, after the fight with Jared Gordon's giving his whole like a few years ago, I was like ODing in a hotel room in like Queens, New York, or whatever. And he's like, I know a lot of you guys shot up before you came to the fight tonight, <laughs> <laughs> and you hear the one guy just audibly go, "Woo!" <laughs> Right after he said that, it's just like wow. Like he, he was trying to have a good sincere moment. <laughs> like it wasn't loud or anything. If you were listening, you like really close, you might have missed it. But there was definitely a guy who started cheering. Oh boy, he he was the one who needed the message, and it probably went right over his head. He was like, "Yeah, party." <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's what. But shout outs to um, shout outs to uh, Jared Gordon. Uh, good, good, solid win uh, for him at lightweight. Uh, moving on down to two hundred five, uh, Doucha Lungian Bula versus Dequan Townsend. So I didn't rewatch this fight, and no need to. When it happened, I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was eating. So, like, I, I caught bits and pieces of this, but I didn't go back and rewatch it. All I remember is in the beginning, <laughs> I remember everybody on commentary losing their mind when, like, Daquan threw a jab that was apparently really fast. That was big. Yeah, <laughs> I was, like, really confused. I'm like, that's not. I mean, it's a, it, was, it was a nice quick jab, but it wasn't the quickest one I've ever seen. I was really confused for a second. Yeah, they they were 
they were going off. Saquon. But, um, <laughs> other than that, I just remember uh, Doucher getting a lot of takedowns, but like not a lot was really happening. And then the finishing sequence, he just had this violent explosion where he just exploded for like a one-two, and poor Daquan got sent to the canvas, ate a couple elbows. Um, probably, I bet they could have let that go a couple of more seconds. Mm. But I'm not really going to argue it because, to be honest, I wasn't really invested in this fight. Uh, I, I would have said, you, you, I think they could have gave Daquan a little more time because I don't think he was like out out he was just in a really bad spot and he, he did eat a couple of consecutive elbows but uh they could have gave him a, maybe two to three more seconds see if he could have got out of there but you know it is what it is from what from what I heard from uh Doucha, he's what judo champ from wherever he's from I want to say he's from the Congo I didn't know that about him like I haven't, I haven't like looked a whole I didn't look a whole lot of him, but I know him from EF, EFC um he bucked the trend. There's, it's like him and like one or two other fighters who have come from EFC and actually won a fight. Uh, crap, the name is escaping me right now. But, um... Is he from the Congo? I could have sworn they say he was from the Congo, but like, the, like they have all these different flags up. Now it's saying he's from Cape Town. Alright, y'all need to pick a country and stick to it. <laughs> yeah, typology telling me he's from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I must, yeah, he he trains out of Cape Town, but he's from the Congo. Okay, I didn't know he was. I didn't know about his judo background, which um, the, from the fights I've seen from him, really didn't. Uh, I've only seen one or two fights, and like they, his judo really didn't show through. Like in one of the fights, he was like on the bottom, getting the crap beat out of him until he came on the second round and just knocked the dude out. Um, yeah, props to him. Um, just like those were some really dynamic, high impact takedowns he hit in the first and second round, and then to come out in the third and just blitz the dude and Ross had like getting the stoppage win. That's how you want to make your debut. Like, he probably needs to learn, brush up on fighting on top and you know, passing guard and ground and pound and all that good stuff, but. Um, you know, like he's he's got the base. He's powerful. He's big. He's got a nice like grappling base to work from. Um, like you 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 hope he's able to build off of that. And in a division that you know needs him, <laughs> two hundred five is is always in need of more talent. So hopefully he can round out his game and turn into into something. But yeah, that that power though, you know, that that can get you places if you can use it right. So, shouts to Doucher, uh, newcomer at two hundred five. Shouts to Garrett Mc, what was it? Garrett McClellan, former EFC champion who was also in the UFC for a short stint before getting like knocked out repeatedly. <laughs> so Doucher, the EFC goat. Uh, he might be. There, there are a couple of dudes who fought for UFC. I think Sadiq Yusuf fought for UFC. Yeah, he was a two-division champ, I think they mentioned. He had their 205 and heavyweight belt. Yes. I, he, he, I, I know he was coming off a win in heavyweight. Uh, what, who did he beat? He beat uh, Andrew Van Ziel, who is a 256-pound man. Mm. Yeah, so oh. he, he, he is, Delcha is a strong man. 
AFC royalty in the building. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good good one from him. Got a got a TKO over Daquan Townsend. Um, moving down to women's strawweight, uh, Amanda Hebas versus Emily Whitmire. Emily was anxious for the smoke. She was trying to get the cameraman out of the way just so she could stare at uh, Hebas from across the octagon. The cameraman would not oblige. He knew something. Right. <laughs> she she tried to scoot him to the left. He's like, no, I'm just gonna mirror everywhere you walk. He he didn't care. But uh, once the smoke started, uh. He about had to just control a lot of this fight. Like, they stood on the feet for a little bit, but once he boss got takedowns, like, he had Emily's back for almost the entire first round, I think. Um, and then, I can't remember. There's another fight. It's prelims, guys. Memory's fading. <laughs> All I remember in the second round, the the finish, um... She had Whitmire down, and she uh, Hebot started letting off some violent ground and pound, and then Emily just turned around and gave her back to kind of like protect herself, and uh, got that neck snatched up, got choked out, and uh, that was pretty much it. Uh oh, sorry. Um. Yeah, no. Uh. Hebas was just a stronger, more athletic woman. Um, this is actually her returning off of two years of suspension. This is her UFC debut. But uh, prior, who was she supposed to fight? I, I feel like it was some. Was it like it was it like KGB Lee or something? She was supposed to fight, and then like it fell through because she failed the USADA test. And then it turned out that her test like did the. Did it was like accidental, accidental exposure yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. So, Go yeah, so, oh, she was supposed to fight Juliana Lima uh, back in 2017. That ended up, you know, not happening because of the side violations. So she's actually been waiting for two years to make her debut. And she looked really good. Um, she's still only 25 years old. So, like, you know, two years is nothing, um, really. Um, and from what I can tell, she's really put, to, put the work in. Um like her, like she, she did not need to showcase her striking a whole lot, but like she looked good in the like brief, ten fifteen seconds we saw her light up with Meyer at the start of the second round. Um, I'm a little worried about wh- how she fights off her back because when uh, she ha- uh, went, Meyer was able to reverse position with uh, Hebas on her back. She was able to get on top and she just kind of chilled out there for like forty five to seconds to a minute. Um, but other than that, you know, this is what you want in your UFC debut. You beat somebody coming off of two wins. Um, you know, instantly insert yourself into the conversation. You get a finish, especially at strawway where, like, you know, finishes make you stand out a little bit more. Um, so your props to her. Yeah. And at strawweight, man, like I said, this, in terms of women's division, man, this is, this is where it's at. It's where all the fun happens. Yep. Um. So we'll, we'll see if she can add her name to that that list of fighters who can you know, make their way up the rankings, become somebody. But great great debut for Hebas. Glad glad she's just able to get a win after that. You saw the nonsense. That's kind of crazy that you had to take two years off and then come to find out like it wasn't even really <laughs> like it wasn't even really your fault. That's not 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 another story for another day. But um. Moving on to the last fight of the evening. Which was the first fight of the evening. Indeed. 
kicked off with the heavyweights, which that's a gamble, boy. You never know. <laughs> Kicking off a car with a heavyweight is a crap shot. But we got uh, Maurice Green versus Junior Albini. Um, Maurice Green, former gory fighter, which just tickles me pink every time I say it. Um, <laughs> it was it was fun heavyweight fisticuffs. I, I I enjoyed it. Heavyweight fights, I have to lower my bar of expectations. Um, it it was a decent, just heavyweight, just kind of fisticuffs. Um, I only got a chance to watch this fight once because I actually missed this in real time. Um, just playing PS4 while this fight was on, and then ended so fast, so I didn't get a chance to see it. But um, yeah, they did. They just basically had a kickboxing fight. Like Al Albini was trying to close inside because Maurice was just really long, really tall. Um. Albini caught him with a couple of good shots. There was a moment where, like, Green had rocked Albini, and then he went in for the finish, and then Albini clipped him, and then he had to back off for a second. But um, I want to say I think he finished Albini with a 1-2, and that very large body and small head just kind of hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it takes that, that slow-motion, heavyweight, 60-second tumble, and, uh, you know... A little bit of ground and pound, and that was uh that was it. I'm not sure how I feel about Maurice in terms of like his ceiling at heavyweight. I don't think it's very high, to be honest with you. Cause it's he, you know, he, he looked good. You know, he, he definitely a talented striker. But like the, the moments where like Albini was able to close distance and land. I was like, against anybody else, just slightly above Albini's skill level, they might have been able to get him out of there. Mm -hmm. Or at least put him in a lot more trouble than he was in, even though he, he got rocked like once. But, I mean, dude, he's a, he's a solid striker. You know, he, he can get off some good combinations, some good leg kicks. Uh, obviously a nice nice little one-two. Um, but I feel like he doesn't have, like a lot of heavyweights have that like that one-shot kind of kill power right and his he as a heavyweight he doesn't really have that his, his is more of an accumulation i can just overwhelm me with strikes and technique but you know so he, he has to be really careful about picking his shots and not getting put in bad spots because he, he can't just rely on his power to really put somebody out he has to kind of get he has to get a string of combinations going whereas the, a lot of other heavyweights can just they might not even be as talented as him on the feet, but they can just kind of wing one off, and if it lands flush, they can just kind of end it. Um, but no, solid win nonetheless. You know, a, a nice heavyweight fisticuffs. You know, Maurice Green got a striking off. He does. That, that's his bread and butter. That's that's what he did. So I ain't mad at it. Do what's work. Do what works. I mean, three and on the UFC can't really, you know, talk shit. Um, I, I don't. Th I don't think his ceiling's all that high. Uh, but, you know. This is heavyweight. You still make a good career for yourself. Uh, you know, as a curtain jerker, or just as an action fighter. So you know, like, like I said, you can't really knock the guy too much. But um, uh, Junior Albini, man, just one in four in the UFC. Um, three finish losses. All of them. Not great for him. Um, like they they were in performances where like oh he lost a war. He's just like oh no he he just lost in the first round, 
or he got he gets he gets Ezekiel choked or something like. They really put him in that Andre Arlovsky fight way too soon. Like you beat Timothy Johnson on. Well, it was a really nice combination, and like it was a really good story. We, you know, I mean, it was like my kid has to play with shampoo bottles for toys because I can't afford toys, and now I get paid for the first time ever doing this UFC or MMA stuff. Um, but like, dude needed to step back in the worst way possible after that Olofsky fight, and then they just threw him Olenek, and he finally gets to step back, and he he, he just can't buy himself a win. He just keeps getting knocked out. Um, it might be time to let him go. Yeah. Like, and I hate to say that because, you know, the guy obviously was in a vulnerable spot before the UFC. He still might be um, financially, but, like, for his own good and his own development, like, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like his career is over. Like, you could, you know, yeah. maybe UFC career, but you, you could go around to another regional promotion just some, somewhere else where the competition isn't as as high get a few wins just develop your skill set there, like there's more spots now than ever to just like okay like, especially if you're a heavyweight dude if you're a heavyweight and you got a win in the ufc you, there are a lot of places that'll take you like you can go fight in russia you can go fight in um like uh, one of the uh pfl tournaments you can go fight in like the Middle East, if that's what you want to do. Um, like, I, I'm not worried that no place wants a 28-year-old heavyweight who who can crack, but, you know, it, it sucks. Because you, you want it out being to be something. Um, yeah, but props to Murray's Green. At any time, a fellow uh, yarn enthusiast it's a win. It, it, it's good for the community. You know what I mean? <laughs> the crochet boss. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you guys, you guys got uh, you guys got representation out here. Yep. <laughs> and good, good, good to get a win in front of his kids. He had like his wife and his uh wife and kids out there, so that's that's always a good thing. Get 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 the win in front of the fam. Makes the dinner conversation a little easier. <laughs> you know, so props to Maurice Green. He went out there and uh got him a nice heavyweight kickboxing win. Yep. I don't think they really went to the ground at all. Just <laughs> he slugged it out. Um, that was UFC Minnesota. It was good. It, it was a really good. It was fun. I was, yeah. I was entertained this entire card. Like literally minus the. Minus the uh, Damian Maya fight, and maybe the uh, Doucha and Daquan uh, Townsend fight, the rest of this was just quality, entertaining violence all throughout. Maybe not in terms of big names, but got good performances, got some great finishes. Benavidez showed out. I didn't want to see Dos Santos die. That kind of hurt my feelings, but you know these these things happen. But. Drew, Drew Dober had a good performance. Hamo showed out. Eric Anders got a win. Like it, it was a good night. It was a really good night. Yep. And now you know who's probably gonna fight uh, Stipe for the title, regardless of what happens in August. All right. Because. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's literally nobody else left. Goddamn. Probably was best that Ngannou did win, cause. I'm gonna see JDS and Steve A3. Yeah. That's not that's not your jam, bro. 
No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the rankings right now. It's just like it's kind of sad. Like Curtis, uh, like Curtis Blades is the only other. Like, hold on, let me see if any of these other these other dudes are coming off a win. Like Derek Lewis coming off a loss to JDS. Alistair Overeem. Is he coming off a win? Or is he not fall in the minute? Or all right, he's got a couple back to back wins. Uh Pavlovich and uh Olenek. So I guess he's in title contention now, I guess. Because why not? Um yeah, fight lined up. Volkov was canceled. Okay. Um, Alexander Volkov coming off that loss to um to Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Cain Velasquez. We're not even gonna go there. Jose Olenek coming off that loss to uh, Overeem. Shamil Abdurahimov. Joe Joey's Joey's goat. That's, that's Joey's boy. <laughs> Uh, he's on a three-fight win streak, so he might be next to my career. <laughs> he's fighting Curtis Blades in September, so let's let's see what happens. But uh, there's that. And I guess there's Bagoy, but I think he, mm, he might become a, a loss. Uh, no, he won. Um, he beat um, he lost to Rothwell, and then he won his next one. Ah, okay. All right, all right. So like, there's there's not a whole lot of options left to heavyweight for uh, a title fight, and. Beyond that, there's not a whole bunch for an interesting title fight. Um, trying to think of like if there are any heavyweights who are not quite top ten yet, but are like kind of just like murdering dudes on like the undercards. And it's like there's Jorginho, but I, I I'm not like at the point where I'm like okay, I trust him to be a top contender yet. And then there's like Arjan Boer and Maurice Green and kind of it yeah it's kind of it looking uh looking real grim <laughs> the same way we tell middleweights to move up the heavyweight and any 205ers you think she's just like you know what man just I mean, we've got ron bader out here holding heavyweight titles albeit that's bellator but hey uh let me let me see like heavyweight real quick i think gus would be good at heavyweight um I think he could get away with running away from guys because just nobody be able to catch him. Because <laughs> they're not gonna run after him. Exactly. Uh, uh, Gus, obviously Jones, obviously um, DC, because they still have him ranked at two hundred five for some reason. Uh, I'd like to see Johnny Walker heavyweight just for shits and shits and giggles because <laughs> if he if he's Fun. too fast and powerful for these two hundred fivers, like. You're telling me he couldn't flying knee like uh like Marcin Tabura into oblivion? Like really? Right. <laughs> oh man. Well yeah, yeah heavy, heavyweights uh it's heavyweight, what can you say? Just the, the the very top is good. Like literally like the top two to three, maybe four. And then you got a couple of guys who are like good at they're good. Thing. But, yeah, they're, they're good, but, like, they've kind of... Some of them have had their shot already, and it's like, you're probably not really going to win a title. And then after that, it's just... You you don't know what you're looking at. It, it's a, a lot of old dads in confusion. <laughs> it's just... It's, yeah. But that was UFC uh, Minnesota. 
it was a really dope card on ESPN. So if you have the chance to go back and watch it, I would. I'm sorry. Definitely... Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm looking at the heavyweight rankings, and I'm like, oh, whatever happened to that dude who hit that Omoquata in that fight? And I looked up what happened to him. So, let me just read you what the little note here says. Um, on January 29th, 2019, uh, Adam Weitzorch, I shouldn't be able to pronounce this. I live in a Polish town. Um, Viserek, an avowed supporter of Ruch Chorzawa's soccer team, was arrested by Polish police among one of the 10 suspects in a group of football hooligans named Cycle Fans associated with the football team Ruch Zhao's fan movement during a raid by an anti-terrorism force, well, anti-terrorism forces accused of alleged participation in organized crime, kidnapping, drug trafficking, assault, and robbery. Jesus Christ. How did we not catch this? Or did we? You know what? That actually does sound... I feel like that's something I saw and, like, kind of just... <laughs> that actually does sound vaguely familiar. Was this, like, a thing that happens, like... Is, is this the same, like, bus that caught, uh, like, uh, Mamed uh, Kaladov? I don't know. See, I gotta get better at writing these things down. I, I, that does sound familiar. I think I saw that headline and I just kind of, like... What is this craziness? And I just kind of kept... Kept going on about my day. See, I do remember them pulling uh, Adam from the the UFC weigh-in because they they said there was like a threat. Jeez. Ugh. Why is it when like an MMA fighter gets caught up in something? It's never like it's like they don't get caught up in like normal things. They always have to go like the extra mile, like <laughs> like it has to be something just really bizarre. Like, what do you? How did you even get caught up in this? Uh, like, dude, like the combat sports world is full of just people. Like who you just if you're just like a normal dude, you probably just don't want to be associated with. Like, I go back and I look at pictures of Mike Tyson in like the '90s, and he's just surrounded by like all these like big time drug dealers who are just mooching off him. Like you got the like the dude who shot like there's a picture of Mike Tyson with the dude who shot Fifty Cent, visiting him in jail. Like the dude for uh, uh what's his name Hanmo Hanmo. Like he's like, yeah, no, that's one of my... Mike Tyson's like, yeah, no, that's one of my best friends. He's one of the drug dealers who didn't try to take money off of me. <laughs> like, he's, he's out here hanging out with, like, Haitian Jack and, like, um, shit, the dude who's, like, an A&R at uh, Def Jam. What's his name? Um, Jimmy Iovine. There we go. Mm. And it's just like, oh, okay, this is, this is just how the combat sports world rolls. Like... If you're in, like, Dagestan, you get to hang out with Katarov. If you're in uh, Poland, you get drawn in by the Eastern Mafia. Like, it just happens. Everybody's got to find their in crowd. <laughs> I mean, GSP's out here partying with, like, Toronto kingpins and, like, doing, like, coke off of, like, marble uh, counters and shit. Hey, man. It's just, it just is what it is. I do something in retirement. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing the show when he was in the UFC. 
Gotta, gotta live it up. I mean, hey man, he, he said that life was stressful. He had to, he had to decompress. <laughs> Coke off a of marble top, I guess. That's, you know, <laughs> that's some form of stress relief. Uh, <laughs> yeah, MMA headlines are just wild. Um, but yeah, that's all we got in terms of fights. Um, upcoming next week, uh, we will have Jones and Santos. I actually need to finish my write-up of this. Or I say finish. I need to start. Probably work on that today. But anywho, uh, UFC 239. That'll be next week, July 6th. Uh, we got John Jones, obviously, versus Tiago Santos. Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. Ben Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. Luke Rockhold will be making his 205 debut against Jan Blachowicz. Uh, Gilbert Melendez will finally fight Arnold Allen after, like, five years. Um, they didn't get Marlon Vera a replacement fight, did they, for Sean O'Malley? I'm not sure if they did. They haven't gotten one yet, as far as I can tell. Uh, that sucks. I really, really was looking forward to seeing him. But we also have uh, Song Yedong and Alejandro uh, Perez, Michael Chiesa versus Diego Sanchez in a 2010 fight. Um, pretty solid card. Pretty solid card. Um, I will definitely be watching this. I want to see Santos uh, pull this off. I don't know what his chances are. I feel like to beat Jones at this point, you can't outsmart him. You're not gonna outpoint him. Just go wild, man. Just go, go crazy. Yeah, just go buck wild. Just throw hands until your arms just can't anymore, and just hope one of them lands. Because I, I think if he, I mean, if he catches Jones, I think he can put him out. Dude, I think he can put anybody out. He has that kind of power, but he just he has to land. So that that fight's just probably gonna have my heart racing the entire time. Definitely looking forward to it. Um, breaking fight news actually I wanted to mention I just saw on Twitter uh, Shatry from One Championship uh, they're coming up upcoming on their 100th card and it's going to be an entire card of championship fights so we're going to have Adam Waite uh, Angela Lee versus Yang Jingnong guess that'll be the rematch uh, at like heavyweight you're going to have Ong Song versus Brandon Vera at Bantamweight, Bibiano Fernandez and Kevin Bellingham will fight for the fourth time. <laughs> um, and kickboxing is not set yet, but they're going to have the Grand Prix Finals for the featherweight. I can't remember who that is. Um, it should be the dudes who beat um, the guy who beat Yatsenkla and the guy who beat... Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But it, it just, don't, it's the Grand Prix, Grand Prix uh, featherweight world... Uh, championship for the kickboxing um and then they're gonna have the uh grand prix finals for the flyweight and lightweight tournament which we've been watching pretty much all year and then they're gonna have super fights so the shoot they're gonna they don't have the names listed yet um but they'll have it looks like four fights of shooto champions versus pancreas champions so that's gonna be on one championships uh 100th card uh, don't know when that is. Don't have a date. Literally just saw this on Twitter like a couple seconds ago. Uh -huh. But um, that that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a lot, a lot of fun. Um, we can say what we want about one championship in terms of nobody knows what they're doing with this uh TNT deal, and they mentioned that they have eighty thousand champions a card. But um, they yeah, put they on good 80, fights. Eighty cars in twenty nineteen, brother, or twenty twenty. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> but 
Um, nah, man. They they put on some great. They they put on good fights. Like regardless of what goes outside of the organization, the actual fights are always amazing. Um, so definitely, definitely looking forward to that. And that is uh pretty much all I have for uh, today's episode. So I guess we can go ahead and uh close this out with parting shots and shout outs. Uh. And really write any down. I don't know. Shout out to NBA free agency. Every, everybody's on the move. Derrick Rose is going to Detroit. It looks like uh, Kemba Walker's going to Boston. Um, Nikola Mirachik said, "Peace out." He's going back to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was, like, apparently, dude was like going to make like fifty million dollars playing in the NBA, and he was just like, "Fuck it, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Spain." Yeah, you just, hey man. Dang. Oh, your heart is, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, peace out. <laughs> yeah, good right. He was a solid player, dude. Just he is left. Shout out to the NBA free agency. It's, it's been been fun to watch. Um, shout outs to Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs for this bandana album that I think I've listened to like three times already. Um, I'm not even really a big Freddie Gibbs fan, but I've really been enjoying this album. Um, so I will. Give them a shout out, and if you're a hip hop fan, go listen to that. That that album is hard. That that joint is. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's that album is fire. That, that's the Madlib who made all the beats on an iPad. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is insane. Like that is super insane. But um, yeah, man, that that was that that album's really good. So definitely shout outs to uh, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't know if I have any uh, any shots. Normally for shots, I just go to ESPN and see what athlete or somebody made me angry. But I never write my shot my shots down. Um, oh, oh, and shout outs to the uh, women's uh, uh, soccer. How the dare name. you? They, uh, that was my shout. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Step on my toes, why don't you? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll let you do yours. You probably know more about it than I do. I just That just randomly yeah, popped right, up in I my know. head. I, I really don't. Uh, just, no, just shouts to the U.S. women's soccer team. Megan Rapone, your best American player ever. Uh, deal with it. So, shouts to her. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think I have another shout-out. Ah. Um, eh. uh. I'm hurt. What? To Say. piggyback, sorry, to one championship. Um, Lowen uh, Tynes had to pull out. Had a back injury. Oh, sad. This is, I'm on Chatry's page on Facebook. This was actually posted on June 10th, so I'm kind of late to the party. But, ah, uh, that sucks. That sucks. Um, but, anywho. Yeah. So that's all we got, I guess. Uh, let's, you have any other shout-outs? Nah, I think I'm good. Um, I, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna hang up the call and, and like when we're done and I'm be like, oh shit, I forgot about so and so. But um, would it be mean if I threw a shot, even though I didn't watch the debates, to that random lady who none of us know? Uh, she 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 is an amazing Twitter follower. <laughs> yeah, I'm not following. Can, can we talk? Can we talk about Marianne Williamson for a second? <laughs> I'll let well I'll I'll let you talk. I that I didn't get to get to see it, but 
Um, she is insane. Like, she is an anti-vax, uh, essential oils peddling, uh, like, she, she, she's a crazy woman. Like, like I, I don't want to, this to be like, oh, she's all wacky and goofy and shit. Like, she should be nowhere near a presidential debate stage. But, oh my god. Like, if you want some good quality shit posting, just about random things in life, go and follow her fucking Twitter, because it is insane. Uh, hold up. Well, I have I have a, a, a retweeted thread of some of her best tweets. Uh, let's see. Yin is feminine, earth. Yang is masculine, sky. When God is seen as he, the soul is a, is seen as she. Spirit archetype. Wait, just archetypes. Spirit impregnates soul. Uh, <laughs> I got. I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. I just. I'm afraid for the future. I'm very <laughs> afraid for where we're going. You're uh, a lamp. God is the electricity. You're a faucet. God is the water. You're a human. God is the divine within you. Allow the flow. Hashtag fall back. No, no, you can't. No, <laughs> you can't do that. Your mind is like an airport, and you are the pilot. Rise above the clouds, fly above the turbulence, seek oh, a smoother ride. You cannot. You can't try to preach the word and then try to get me for a Twitter. Fly. <laughs> you can't. If you want a simple explanation for what's happening in America, watch Avatar again. <laughs> Nobody's watching Avatar again. Oh, Nobody the, remembers what that movie was about. Like, oh, this suite was seven years prior to that last one, so all the films were good, but Avatar changed the world. He didn't win an Oscar tonight, but James Cameron deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. Hashtag fallback. <laughs> oh my god. This is 2010, by the yeah, way. Get her out of here. No, nobody. Re- Avatar is the highest grossing movie ever, ever, and I can't name one person who even remembers what this movie was about. It was about imperialism. In nature and, and environmentalism, and none of the people in it acted like people. Yeah, that movie was visually amazing. Everything else kind of. But... Oh my god! When they go low, go to a higher frequency where they cannot touch you. Maryanneforamerica dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give her one thing. She's got to stick, and she's sticking to it. So I, 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 I don't know if I can say I respect that. Guys, please don't vote for her. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. We're closing this out because we're actually on good time, and I'm not going to allow her to drag us <laughs> any longer. But uh, that's it for today's episode, man. Go give uh, UFC Minnesota a watch. Go check out that Cage Warriors card that I mentioned, too, also. Um, but that's all we got for today's episode, man. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter, as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can buy my book, The All Bar Chronicles, on Amazon for the very low price of 99 cents for digital and 8.99 for physical if you want physical copies. 
Um, that's all we got for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.